At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. On November 11th, join us for Benzinga's 7th Annual FinTech Awards. It's going to be a day full of networking, deal-making, and recognition of incredible achievements that you won't want to miss. AB, who are you supposed to be for Halloween? What, 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 what is this? I am Spencer, the king of the markets, a.k.a. king of options trading. So, you know, I gotta, I'm going to YOLO some trades today to, to, to live up to my costume. Wait, we, have a good, we, have, we have a good story for you all today. AB made a crazy yolo trade yesterday ab who are you supposed to be for halloween what what, what what is this i am spencer the king of the markets aka king of options trading so you know i gotta i'm gonna yolo some trades today to, to, to live up to my costume wait we have a good we have, we have a good story for y'all today ab made a crazy yolo trade yesterday uh, that had some real consequences, potential consequences. So we're going to talk about that um, and more. We'll talk Apple, obviously, Amazon. We have a couple great guests for you today. So uh, let's start the show here, A.B. Happy Halloween, A.B., from your safety officer here at Benzinga. I hope you are looking forward to the weekend getting some candy and making some gains in your stomach. Yes, sir. Yeah. What, what are you passing out for uh, candy this year, Spencer? That's a great question. We don't normally get many visitors in my building, but I guess I should prepare for the inevitable. So um, we'll probably just do, you know, everyone's favorite candy corn, obviously. Yuck. <laughs> All right. Uh, enough of the uh, Halloween talk, AB. I want to start with a crypto update today because we are coming off all-time highs. And not coming, not coming off, actually. We're there. All-time highs for ethereum eth ether now at the futures are what i've got on my chart here and you can see them on this on your screen we're at 4500 or 40 just under now 4500 dollars in ether so congrats to all of us who are long me i believe you people in the chat shelly I'm long. I'm long Ethereum, but not right now in a uh, monetary sense. I do not have any Ethereum. I sold some uh, a few weeks ago. But if you watch this show, um, this is a trade that Luke and I talked about, kind of as the second wave of NFTs yep. um, came about when, when NFTs came back in the spotlight. We said, "Hey, the price of Ethereum is not reflecting 
um, the newfound popularity of NFTs. If you recall, back in about maybe January, NFTs first took off. And then there was kind of a lull where people, it seemed like, weren't as interested in NFTs as they were in that month. And then maybe a month or two ago, it, it started up again where NFTs were just selling for crazy amounts of money. And we said, hey, Ethereum right now is lagging behind the NFTs. And of course, Ethereum is the blockchain, is the technology behind a lot of these NFTs. So our theory was, as as NFTs continue to rise, Ethereum will have to catch up with it. And that's exactly what happened. I believe when we were talking about that, Ethereum was around $3,500 or maybe even a little less than that. So if you got into Ethereum when we talked about that, you're looking nice right now. Um, Spencer, you're still holding your Ethereum long and strong? Yeah, still holding and would love to buy more, but I don't never, I never, I always talk about it and don't know when. And Sully, you're right. Oof on Doge. Uh, you know, there is only room for one meme at a time. And it, 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 it can't be, the money can't be in Doge and Sheeb. It just can't. That's the rules. I'm sorry. I don't make the rules. That's just what it is. So uh, Sheeb continuing to go higher. Doge down over 8% today. Um, tough break. But hey, you know what? This market has shown that if you just buy something and forget about it long enough, there's a chance you're making your money back. That's not investment advice, but there's a chance there's for a chance. sure. But you want to hear my theory on, on Dogecoin with uh, Shiba right now, yeah, uh, Spencer? Cannot wait. So essentially, one of the best drawing points to Dogecoin before it made its historic run up to, I mean, it got up to about 60, 70 cents, but now it's trading at around a quarter, around 25 cents. One of the things that people loved about it was it was so cheap when it was, you know, 0. 0.0001 that you could buy essentially millions of Dogecoin for like a couple hundred bucks. And you could say, hey, Spencer, I have three million Dogecoin. And it's like a super cool thing to say. And so now that Dogecoin is a lot more expensive than Shiba, you know, you cannot buy as many Dogecoins as you can Shiba tokens for the same amount of money. So I think these people that are looking for, uh, you know, altcoin would rather spend their money on something where they can get a substantial amount of holding. Um, right now, you or I could go buy a million Shiba for a couple hundred bucks, whereas Doge, we could only get a couple thousand Dogecoins. So I want to be a Shiba millionaire. I want to hold you know, millions of Shiba. So I think people will continue to go to what's cheaper um, in, in hopes that that coin will blow up. So I think a lot of Dogecoin buyers have now gravitated towards Shiba. Uh, even Floki, Floki Inu is getting a lot of love the past couple of days as well. So I think if you're looking for an altcoin right now, you got to look at some of these that are a little bit cheaper than Doge. All right. As a reminder, you can get uh, not uh, free altcoin but you can get some free bitcoin if that's your bag if you, if bitcoin's not too uh, boomer for you but all you gotta do is download the voyager app enter the code zing z-i-n-g make your first trade fund your account with hundred dollars not in that order obviously and they will give you fifty dollars in bitcoin for free okay enough of the crypto update ab you made a wild trade was it you made it yesterday or you made it before yesterday I made it yesterday, but I already sold yeah. out of it. I don't know if I'll be able to like show the um what you, you know, sold it? Value. Yeah, I had I, to. I thought we agreed you you were gonna hold it for for the laughs. I did hold it today and then it was up again. Oh man. Okay. I, I, okay, right. I'll, I'll I'll break it down what happened real quick. So yeah. I bought Facebook calls yesterday while Facebook was breaking out. Um, and I think I spent about $500 on like three different call contracts. And then they announced the meta, the new name, Facebook took off 
and my calls went up in value by like over a thousand dollars, but I could not close the position um, because I've talked about it on here before that I'm in like a day trader. Like I, if I make too many day trades, my account on Robinhood's going to get restricted. I did not want to restrict my you know ability to buy or sell stocks for 60 days, so I had to hold on to them through today. Um, and if you're watching Facebook's chart yesterday, Facebook ended up trading off those highs. So those calls just completely diminished in value. I did buy a Facebook put to kind of hedge that position. Um, so when it was all said and done, I was pretty even today between the Facebook calls and the Facebook put. I, I bought I this, it. Did Was this intentional? Did you buy the Facebook call in like knowing or thinking the stock was going to pop or was it a sheer coincidence? I, my thesis was, uh, the name change would be like a catalyst, but it, it's right. one of those kind of like buy the rumor, sell the news. I think like when it was, I, I think there there was a pop from that. And then when it was all said and done, Facebook, I mean, you can see right there where, where it started selling off yesterday afternoon. Yeah. Um, and so luckily I got a put at the right time to kind of recoup some of those losses. And then Facebook opened up today. So my put ended up being down, but the calls were back up. I don't know. It was a whole mess. Bottom line is I need to get, out of this day we, trader Aaron, we, we gotta like like what do we gotta do to, to get you out of this i mean we gotta get your account balance up obviously but how do we do that do we like do we just make better trades i mean i think so yeah i mean here i'll show my screen right now um i have so here's how it works is you have yeah. four, four day trades you can no, make we, we all know we all know the pdt rule you don't have to explain it to us right so right here you can see i've made a day trade on snap tesla and facebook so if i do one more um yes. that will that will be it for me and i'll be restricted for 60 days so uh, um yeah i mean spencer if you have any ideas of how i can raise my account value from two thousand to here, five thousand, happy, happy has an idea get a get a second a second account man get get on weeble or thinkorswim or IB or Schwab or literally anywhere else will do. Yeah, maybe uh, Born to be Free. He's got a good <laughs> idea too. Maybe I just need to get in the BZ Trading School. That's it. Um, yeah, that's it, man. That's it right there. Um, anyway, I first when Aaron told me this, I thought, dude, you got to take the money. You got to take the money. But then I said, wait, no, don't sell. Keep it so we have something to talk about. And I, th I thank you for partially doing that if only for the content yeah i mean i i wish i would have held on to today as you can see my account's down about a couple hundred bucks um from i actually from this trade that i, I bought a baba call i don't know i just baba's too cheap at 165 i think we're gonna see buyers coming in but this one i'm holding into next week is kind of like a short swing trade um but all right spencer i'm gonna go ahead and pull up my benzinga pro and while yeah. we're talking about baba let's talk about some of these other Big name tech stocks that are trading lower today. Of course, Amazon and Apple both reported earnings. Yeah, you know uh, what's funny is they're trading lower. But again, this is why I love looking at performance from the open. Because if you look at it from the close, it doesn't tell the whole story. You see, If you look at it from the close, you would say, oh, Apple's down 2% today. Uh oh, bad day. But from the open, Apple is actually higher, and especially in the last few minutes here. Right, Apple is actually rallying. Amazon's actually rallied. Right, it's a tale of two different tapes here. You've got the overnight tape. Obviously, the stock got crushed on its report, but the tape from the open is actually pretty good. So let's not let's not ignore that. This has been an actually pretty positive day from the open. 
for Amazon and Apple and a lot of tech, frankly. I mean, I mean, the, the Nasdaq is gonna, it, we're at like unchanged, almost unchanged on the Nasdaq right now, right? So, I mean, it, it saying Amazon is down three percent, Apple's down two percent, I think is is disingenuous because it, it misses the part of the story that that says, hey, it's actually been a pretty good three hours. <laughs> Um, that's a good idea, Jay Rice. He's saying ask Jason for a raise. Maybe I'll see if Jason will fund my account till 25k. I don't I I'm not bullish on that. Um Cameron Dole, you said that you are buying some Apple calls, one I think calls, maybe 150 puts. I don't know. Cameron, let us know what your thesis is on the trade. Um, do you think Apple just sold off too much? You expect a little bounce? Because I, I, I can I, get go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say I can get talked into that. I can get talked into some Apple calls right now. Oh, me too. Um, me too, hundred percent. I can get talked into Apple because how often do you get do you get the chance to buy Apple on this kind of a dip? Unless you really believe that the supply chain problems that they that they talked about are going to persist for like years, for like two, three, four years, rather than like two, three, four quarters. Unless you believe that, there's no reason not to buy Apple on this dip. Sort of what I think. I don't, I, I'm not, I think the supply chain issues will resolve themselves within, I, I don't think it'll be years, but we, we will see, I guess. I, I don't know anything, but um, it would surprise me if we're still talking about that in, you know, a year from now, we're still talking about supply yeah. chain issues, at least to the magnitude that we are right now. Um, but one of, I mean, at, the supply chain issue we were originally talking about was all about the semiconductors and a lot of the semiconductor stocks have just been ripping. Um, so it seems like the supply chain issue has kind of moved from just in the semiconductor industry to overall, you know, shipping of goods. NVIDIA at all time highs has just been so strong since really the past six months or so since March has gone from about, um, this is split adjusted, went from about 130 up to 255. Um, so almost 100% gain there in NVIDIA over the past six months alone. Um, this is one of my favorite all-time stocks. I, I don't really trade options on it because the contracts are just always super expensive. Um, but I don't know. I mean, do you think, Spencer, we'll see the, the semiconductor uh, shortages back in the headlines soon? At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I, I don't know. All I know is that this space continues to be the story of the haves and the have-nots, right? AMD, NVIDIA are beasts, and like Micron and Western Dig stink. So it just it, nothing's really changed. It's it's funny. You get the industry-wide headline, and the, the the stocks that are that were in favor before are still in favor, and the stocks that are out of favor before are still out of favor. So 
Yeah, things really change. Real quick before we get to our first guest, look at Apple on the five-minute chart. Um, Looks like it is making some headway here. Moved up from about $147 a share to $149 a share. So uh, like you said, Spencer, if you just look at it from the open, you take out that move from yesterday's close, it looks good. It looks very good. That's what I I want people to understand that it looks very good. I I, I can get talked into Apple and Amazon. It's not very often you get the chance to buy both those stocks down 2% or more, right, on any given day. So Yeah, and even with this move from Apple – we're still looking at, you know, down 2.3% from yesterday's close. So like you said, kind of a bargain. Um, Shelly, we don't, we're, we're not here to pump anything, but I'm also, just- Also, Shelly, I, I appreciate the implication that she thinks that we can move Apple. Heck, if I if we had the power to move Apple, do you think I would be here? Yeah, I saw- I It saw, is the most widely traded stock in the world. But I, I, respect, saw that, I respect the implication, but no, we can't. I saw that Amazon was getting interest on Wall Street bets. And I was like, does these Wall Street bets crowd think they're going to move Amazon? <laughs> How much really volume does that thing trade? You know, billions of dollars? And uh, Yeah. Okay. Keep trying. Keep trying, guys. Okay. Well, hey, uh, we're running a few minutes over. Let's bring on our first guest here. Uh, we have uh, – we're, we're going to talk about um, a new ETF – that is launching uh, with Roundhill. We're not going to talk to Roundhill. We're going to talk to the person that made the index that the ETF is going to track. His name is Chaz Cocky. Is he joining us now here? Uh, AB, let, let, let's get him on here. All right, Chaz, founder of IO Digital Index Partners. Good. How's it going? How are we doing today? Great. Happy Halloween. What are you dressed up as? So I'm one of several things. Uh, <laughs> I could be a construction worker. I could be a member of the village people. Uh, I could be the Benzinga safety officer, uh, which is a real thing that exists for the sole purpose of fire drills in, in our building. I see. Uh, or which we haven't had in quite a while uh or, or it could be i'm open to interpretation but, but. I, I i'm going with village people and and i have to say i was inspired by you know seeing you guys so i got my bear stearns residential mortgage hat on i mean nice. yes i'm a disgraced investment banker um and fan of disgraced football teams so yeah, you know nice. it's all good it's all good awesome awesome so okay we have you on here because uh i came across it was Came to my attention in this new ETF from Roundhill. The Roundhill Digital Infrastructure ETF ticker is BYTE Byte. So let's first talk about the investment thesis here. What is the thesis behind, first off, what does digital infrastructure even mean? And then what is the thesis behind that? Yeah. So, um, First, let's start by saying, you know, we managed to secure the ticker Byte, B-Y-T-E, which is the parent company of TikTok, is ByteDance. And yesterday, Roundhill also has the ticker Meta, uh, which obviously is now the parent company of Facebook. So so Roundhill has somehow managed to acquire two of the world's great tickers. Um, And so Byte is... Uh, an index and an ETF of 40 digital infrastructure businesses around the world. What is digital infrastructure? It's the data centers, the fiber, the last mile, the cell phone towers that uh, the data has to travel across 
in order to fulfill your digital needs, right? So when you want to sit back and Netflix and chill, somehow that movie has to get from Netflix in Seattle to your screen wherever you want in a high quality way. And so that's gonna leave Netflix, go to a data center somewhere, be stored there, connect through to fiber, go to more data centers that are closer to the end users, get stored a copy in all those locations, and then find a pathway to your phone, whether that's across a cell phone tower or into your home through a Wi-Fi router. Okay. So all of those little pathways are digital infrastructure. And the general thesis is we don't have to pick the winner. We don't have to pick if Netflix is going to beat Disney+. Plus. We don't have to pick if Shiba Inu is going to beat Dogecoin. Whatever, work, whatever wins, it has to go across our infrastructure. So we, we want to basically be the derivative winner of the internet of everything, of the inexorable trend of digitization. And you just said the magic words as, as in terms of why I've become so attracted to ETFs is you don't have to pick the winner. Even if you were the most bullish person on the internet in 1999, it was probably really difficult to say, oh, I like Amazon as opposed to, oh, I like pets.com, right? It's so hard. It takes, it takes a certain amount of cockiness to think, oh, certainly I can pick the winner here. No, just make a diversified bet if that's how you really feel. And that's why I love ETF. So um, just to be clear, is, is there any crypto blockchain exposure here or that's not the point? So our companies have customers that are crypto, right? So if you're going to mine crypto, what are you really doing? Well, maybe you've got a computer in your house that's not very efficient. The real way you do that is you set up a server farm in a data center somewhere, right? So we own the data centers. The crypto firm is going to lease space in the data centers from us. So when I say we don't care who wins, what I mean is we're going to lease space in our data centers. We're going to lease space on our fiber for whatever service is going to take place on the internet, right? So if you believe in the di digitization trend, if you believe that data consumption, which has been growing for 50 years, is gonna grow for the next 50 years, we're gonna provide the highways for that to uh, happen in an efficient and fast manner. Right, and you can see just some of the, the, the data here um, with regards to you know the, the internet and, and and its usage. So yes. So let's talk about a little bit more about the exposure. Yeah. So it's a global index, right? So we have about sixty five percent of the assets are in the U.S., but the other thirty five percent really is divided amongst the rest of the world: emerging markets, developed markets. Um, it is really focused on call it four different categories of assets of digital infrastructure. So you've got the towers, right? And mobile infrastructure. So you're driving down the street, you see one of those big eyesores with tons of stuff hanging off the top of it. Yeah. That, that looks like cash to us. So okay. that's one of our assets. Um, data centers, which really are the nodes where the internet lives and is stored. Um, those are a core asset. Fiber providers, our core asset, and then last mile fixed infrastructure. So that might be your cable company or your fiber to the home operator or your small business um, 
high-speed internet service, right? So, you know, as for example, as things like 5G, those kind of trends play out, those live on our infrastructure. When Verizon wants to hang 5G antennas, what that really means is they need to lease our towers, they need to lease our fiber, and try to create a ubiquitous, fast internet service. So what we like about it is it has secular growth all over the world. It's diversified. Um, it is really the 21st century real estate play, right? This is the class A real estate of the next 50 years. And so it's inflation protected, growing faster than um, GDP, and priced in a fairly attractive manner. So, so we just think it sort of has the best of everything. See, I, I like this chart here because I've got um, you know some exposure to like data center REITs, which is yes part of this, but this is a little bit more diversified than that. That's right. So instead of trying to pick which data center business is going to win, right? The goal here is just more data is going to be consumed. You believe right. more data is going to be consumed. It's going to go on our infrastructure. Um, well, can you I would say, you know, in my in my day job when I'm not creating indexes, yeah. you know, in the past, I used to run a very large institutional investment firm or help lead it, I should say. Um, and today I run a private investment firm, basically a hedge fund. Um, and, you know, what, what I wanted to create with this index is how can I make a low cost version of a lot of the very best assets that we owned in our institutional portfolio and today in my private investment fund, right? So that's what this is. It's a really long-term focused theme where it can be the center of your portfolio. A lot of ETFs that I see out there, they're niche, you know, they might be targeting something that's a little more like dessert. This, this is the center of your plate. This is the entree, right? I mean, it is just, a very stable, high, you know, high growth, cash flowing set of assets. Can can you speak a little bit about the the actual construction of the index in terms of its weighting? Yeah, I mean, how, how do you decide that? So, so we created a system that um, basically. It, let's step back. So. The first thing we need to do is define the universe. So sure. one of the active steps we take is go out and find all the businesses in the world that we think qualify as digital infrastructure. Then we pull in their fundamental data um, around how fast they're growing, how they're valued, what their margin structure looks like, how much cash they generate, et cetera. And we have a ranking system that ranks that entire universe one through whatever it is, call it 100. Um, and then we try to pick the 40 most attractively ranked businesses. So we, we think about three main factors, growth, soundness, and value, right? So we want companies that are secular growers. Mm -hmm. We want safe businesses. So that's what we mean by soundness. And we want value. We want to optimize for which are the most attractively priced right now and have this gradual rotation through it. So the largest position will be you know, at a rebalance would be around six and a half percent. And then it goes all the way down to a fraction of a percent. So we end up with 40 companies. We'll have no less than 65% in the U.S., but that means we can have 35% everywhere else. And we have some really cool companies. We have tower companies in India. You know, we have a fiber company in Australia. 
So it's stuff that's very hard for the individual to replicate themselves. Yep. And I, I want to bring up this chart real fast, just, just, just as we wrap it up here, just to get give you an idea of the the exposure you're getting. Obviously, it's mostly U.S. Obviously, it's mostly large cap, but it's pretty diversified, you know, uh, out, outside of that. And these are the conversations that I honestly that I love to have. I would much rather talk about this stuff all day than talk about an individual stock and what mm. it's going to do today or tomorrow or this week. This to me, this because this is real. Like these are the conversations that like, investors have, that allocators have, and. This is this is this is the game to me. This is it. It's it, it's it's give me a bull thesis on this industry. Give me a bear thesis on that industry, and um, let's talk through it here. Um, and I would I would have these kind of, these kind of conversations, these industry wide thematic conversations all day long. And that's why I like ETFs. That because oh man, they there's so many. They're so creative, right? Like a digital like a digital infrastructure ETF. It's specific, but it's also not. You know what I mean? That's right. Um, no, I mean, I, I just sat back and said, look, we have this massive trend yeah. that is not going to stop. It's going to happen forever. And the hardest part about it is your point about 1999. Yeah, sure. If you bought Amazon, great. But if you bought Pets.com, you got killed. Yeah. And by the way, you bought Amazon, you went down 91st. That's that's right? a great point. You, you had to stomach a 90% drawdown to, to, to hold on to that guy. So That's right. Whereas these are much more stable businesses super yeah. predictable and they still benefit from the same trend so if you like day trading my thought is put this at the center of your portfolio then take that day trading allocation and that goes side by side with it right yeah. this is the ballast to the excitement that you're trying to generate over there awesome all right uh Chaz cock from the he created the bite index he's uh he's, he's joining us here uh on minting alive he is the founder of io digital index partners and yes guys i get hyped around this stuff i like this stuff like, I really like this stuff. This if you fun. like it, come spend time with me. We'll talk this about is, it all day. This is fun for me. I, this is genuinely fun for me. I am hyped. It is not It is not fake. It is genuine. Uh, Chaz, a, a pleasure to talk to you, sir. Uh, thanks for coming on today. Uh, and, and again, uh, B, uh, BYTE, uh, give give those guys around here a, a shout-out for me for the for the, 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 the wherewithal on their ticker selection because – They've gotten it right twice now. so They're killing it. Thanks, Spencer. So great to see you. Thanks a lot, Chaz. AB, let's get you back. There he is. What's up, man? How are we doing, Spencer? And I agree with the chat. I love how hyped up you get for ETFs. Something some traders might find a little, not going to say ETFs are boring. No, this is not boring. This is fun. A lot of traders like to pick individual stocks and, and, and whatnot. But if you like a sector... Um, you know, we were just talking about semiconductors before Chaz came on. So say you like semiconductors, instead of trying to pick the winners and losers, um, you can just invest straight in in an ETF that gives you exposure. Uh, and I like, I mean, we talked about the meta ETF that Chaz mentioned because it's, it seems like a lot of big companies, not just Facebook are getting into, uh, the metaverse as we can call it. and, And that could be the future. So, um, I'm looking at Meta as an ETF right now. Its top holdings are NVIDIA, Amazon, Facebook, C Limited, um, Roblox. And I like a lot of those names individually. So I figure, hey, why not just throw some in the Meta ETF? Um, but Spencer, let's move on from ETFs. Who is our who's our next guest coming on? Uh, it's actually not a guest. It's guest plural. We have two, uh, Luis Campos and Andres Campos, the executive chairman and the CEO, respectively, of Betaware. De Mexico ticker B 
WMX. I always like get this one dyslexic in my head because I, I see I look at it and I see like BMX for some reason. Um, but BWMX is our ticker. Uh, let's get let's get them on the show, AB. Let's do it. <laughs> Luis, Andres, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi. How are you guys? Good. Luis, I see you and I see you're on mute though. Can you just unmute your microphone at the bottom of the screen there? Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Great, great, great to see you. Great to hear from you. So first, uh, we've had you guys on another one of our shows before SPACs attack, but in case no, our people weren't watching that, can you just tell us about the company and what you're doing? Yeah, sure. Uh, and uh, I probably and Andres can start with that and tell you about the company. Okay. Hi, Spencer. So, uh, so we, you know, we're a, a home solutions product company. Um, we are, our, our brand is betterware. Um, we, we sell home solutions for all the house from, uh, the kitchen to the bathroom, things for organization, for making your home more practical, uh, renovation. Uh, we have different, uh, categories, uh, more, more than 11, dif- uh, different category niches, uh, but focus totally on home. Uh, we, you know, we design our products, um, and then we manufacture most, with uh, OEMs in China and in Mexico. Um, but the interesting thing is that we sell through a direct-to-consumer channel. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, instead of selling in retail or, 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 or e-commerce, we, we sell through a direct-to-consumer channel um, where we have uh, uh, more than uh, 1.1 million associates and distributors who sell directly to the consumer. Uh, so this makes it very interesting because um, we we are uh, you know getting directly to the consumer. So we've we've been on the Mexican market for more than 25 years. We are the the category builders of home solutions in Mexico, uh, and we've had you know a great uh, story of growth in the past 20 years. So I, I'm familiar with the direct to consumer model you know here in the states, but I, you know I don't know as much about it in, in Mexico. How large, like, are there many other direct-to-consumer companies? Is, is that a widely followed model in Mexico? Uh, yeah, there are several other uh, direct-to-consumer uh, companies in uh, Mexico, uh, Spencer. Uh, we, ha- we are the largest uh, uh, sales force network in, uh, in uh, Mexico. Uh, and we basically cover all the country, uh, um, more than 800 different uh, cities and towns in Mexico. And uh, we have been growing uh, extraordinarily well uh, uh, over these 20 years, and uh, especially the last uh, five, six years. Last year, we grew uh, exceptionally well. Uh, we grew 135 percent in in revenues last year, and uh, more than 150 percent in uh, in EBITDA. Uh, this was extraordinary, and uh, and we continue growing uh, uh, this year. Uh, however, uh, of course, 
uh, it's been uh, quite a challenge to adjust ourselves to this new level of uh, of uh, operations. Uh, and uh, but we have been able uh, to basically maintain the same level of uh, Salesforce network, uh, and we have been able to maintain uh, our most uh, important indicators in activity, productivity of our people. And uh, we keep uh, recruiting a lot of uh, people uh, this year. And uh, even when we grew uh, that much in uh, last year, uh, we are going, our guidance for this year uh, is uh, still a growth of uh, 40, between 45 and 49 percent in revenues and a little bit more in EBITDA. Then uh, uh, this has been uh, really fantastic. I mean, we almost triple uh, the size of the business uh, between uh, uh, pre-COVID and uh, post-COVID. Then uh, it's been exciting. And uh and we will keep growing, uh, obviously, not at the same pace, but we will, we will keep growing for the quarters and uh, years to come. I, I want to give a shout out to my man, Chris Catchy, for some of the research that, that he, he uh, and the notes he gave me prior to this interview. I want to ask one of his questions here. He noted that you noted uh, some headwinds. He, he kind of just referred to them, some headwinds. Uh, including uh, declining consumption, shifting consumer trends, and of course the ever-present supply chain madness there. So, what do you, what steps are you taking to sort of mitigate those headwinds? Andres? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, one of the main things that that, that we are facing is that last year we were uh, uh, we really triggered the growth last year because of two main things. The first driver was uh, consumption of home goods. Uh, you know, in Mexico, as in the world, the consumption of, of home goods during COVID uh, uh, went up really high. And the second one is unemployment. Unemployment uh, skyrocketed in, in, in Mexico last year. And a lot of those people came to our network. I mean, we went from 400,000. Starting in 2020, we had 400,000 associates. And we finished 2020 with 1.2 million associates so a lot of people looking for the opportunity with us now that people are going back to normal lives obviously a lot of these people are going back to their normal lives and not selling too much uh, so the challenge for us the main challenge for us has been to keep recruiting more people um, while these uh, people who came in are uh, some of them are going out so it's been a year of consolidation it's been a year where instead of keep growing because we grew three times the size last year uh, it's been a year of consolidation and I think we've managed pretty well in that uh, in, 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 in that sense um, but going forward I think that you know uh, the third quarter I would believe is the last quarter of consolidation and we see uh, a lot of uh, rates the you know the the recruitment rates and the churn rates coming back to normal so starting in the fourth quarter we're sure that we're going to keep coming back to normal uh to normal growth um that that we had before so uh you know in spite of those headwinds uh, i i i believe we're ready to 
to end the consolidation phase and start growing again. You're not the only company that uh, that benefited from the pandemic situations, and 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 there's a whole host of them now that are having to convey that message right to the public. Like, look, the next year or so, or two or three, not might not be frankly as good as as the last year was. How do you convince people that? Because normally, if you if you had say, if if it were a normal environment and you said, "Hey, look, our growth rate's going to slow," that's a serious red flag. Obviously, nothing about the last year and a half has been normal. So, how do you convince people that it's not the the red flag that we would normally associate slowing growth with? Yeah, we will uh, uh, somehow, and uh, probably uh, Andres can complement this. Uh, we we uh, understand the concern of uh, many people about our ability to grow our sales force uh, in the quarters and years to come. Uh, I think they will see uh, this is uh, possible for us. And uh, on my side, uh, the, the only thing I would like to highlight, which is very important, is that as of today, as we, uh, as we speak, okay, we are our churn, uh, our churn uh, average weekly rate is almost at the same uh, rate it was pre-COVID, okay? And our recruiting uh, average weekly rate is already, okay, at the same average uh, uh, per week recruiting uh, rate, uh, the pre-COVID. Then our rates are already already back to the the pre-COVID level, which is allowing us to begin growing our sales force again, basically at the same pre-COVID rates, okay? I don't know, Andres. If- yeah, and I mean, obviously what, 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 what happened, just to complement uh, what, what Luis mentioned, is last year we saw recruitment rates skyrocket, yep. obviously. This year, obviously, churn rate skyrocketed, uh, uh, and, but now the churn rate has come back, uh, and it's, 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 it's pretty much coming back and and this gives us a perfect sense that the consolidation period has pretty much ended. Uh, Now, to complement that, um, you know, growth going forward, we've talked about two ways of growth. One is home penetration. We estimate that we have 25% home penetration in Mexico. So we still have a lot of room to grow in household penetration. We have a lot of homes that we do not yet reach. Uh, and the other thing is share of wallet. You know, we we are still um, uh, not a huge player in the share of wallet in each of the category niches where we play. If you if you, if you talk about home organization uh, in that niche, we are a, a big player, but we are not a big player in many of the others, like home renovation, which which we just launched uh, uh, a couple of years ago. We are not a big player. In uh, the cleaning uh, cleaning uh, products, uh, which we uh, also launched, and uh, so there's different niches where we have a lot of room to grow in uh, share of wallet with each customer. So that is where the base of the future is. And now that we are 
we have ended our consolidation period. Um, uh, I am, uh, we, we are convinced that we will start growing again. I mean, maybe, um, uh, you know, be, before COVID, we were growing at uh, above 40% CAGR. Uh, COVID was, you know, kind of completely different. Mm -hmm. But now after COVID, uh, I think we can still grow at double digits, maybe not at uh, 40, 40 or 50 plus CAGR, but I think we can grow at, uh, at, at, at good double digits. No, yeah. We um, want to double our penetration by 2025 uh at the end of 2020 it was it was 20 we want to go to 40. so i think that that that's that's the way we we are going uh and also i should note that uh you you guys are one of the few companies to go through the spac process at least in the last year and a half or so two years uh and that, that also offers a dividend uh can you talk about what the, the importance of that yeah, well, we uh, we got listed in. Uh, we were the first Mexican company to get listed directly in Nasdaq, uh, March of last year. Uh, it has been a very a good experience, and uh, regarding the dividend, we will continue with our dividend uh, yield. Okay, uh, our dividend yield has been around uh, from four to almost six percent uh, uh, and we will continue with this uh, dividend policy uh, for the uh, years to come okay uh, in fact uh, we just submitted to the approval of our shareholders uh, the last dividend of this year uh, as we committed uh, since the beginning of the year, uh, then uh, we will continue with this, uh, which is, we believe, very attractive uh, dividend yield. Awesome, awesome. And then I guess the, the last thing uh, we, you know I'll ask here is just, what, what is the next upcoming catalyst for the company? Well, I think yep. uh, I think Spencer, there are uh, uh, three three catalysts, right? One is uh, the one we we just spoke about that we've we've ended um, uh, our our consolidation process, and now the catalyst is that we can uh, we can start growing again uh, from from next quarter to to the coming quarters. Uh, the second catalyst, I would say, is uh, international expansion. You know, we have really gotten to master the our business model in Mexico, and we believe there are countries in uh, in, in in Latin America uh, or other countries in America where, where where we can grow to. I mean, basically, we're category builders in Mexico, and there's other countries where we can be the category builders as as, as well. So that could be a second one, and the third one uh, that that we've spoken about is uh, uh, M and A. You know, the, you, we we are focused today. In home solutions, um, there are many companies who begin uh, their business model in a specific product niche, and then you can expand that model to other uh, categories of products. Uh, and we do see uh, opportunities to do this. We are analyzing different opportunities, and we can we we think that these three things can be uh, important cat catalysts uh, going forward. In, uh, in view of the success we have had, especially in the last uh, few years, and especially last year, uh, we have put together a team 
uh, that is very seriously and very deeply uh, evaluating uh, the opportunities of geographic expansion and M&A uh, in order to get our uh, Better World of Mexico management team totally focused on uh, the organic growth uh, of the company, okay? Then uh, this is the way it's going now. There's actually a good question here from the chat from Les Ram. Do you got do you have a deal with a firm or any buy now pay later platform? Is or is, is, is that you, interest? you mean like like to to like a deal with a firm to uh, to well, finance I, not, purchases not, or not so much, yeah, not so much a firm, but do you have any buy now pay later deals or aspirations for that? Uh, we I mean we we could put in that. We we, we have begun um, uh, working with our with our distributors and our associates on 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 financing options, uh, we have been piloting different things. Uh, I would I would not say I mean we have not talked about this and I would not say uh, expect something relevant in the coming uh, quarters. But we are we are working on some uh, pilot tests in this sense. Awesome. All right, uh, Andres, Luis, I want to thank you both. Uh, Luis uh, Campos is the executive chairman. Andres Campos is the CEO of Better Word New Mexico, ticker BWMX. There's a chart up on the screen. Uh, guys, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate the time. Thank you, Spencer. Thank you, guys. Right. Bye. Always tough to do two interviews at the same time, so I appreciate them both for, uh, for hopping on with me to, uh, here today. Uh, so... Um, AB is going to pop on for a second and, and we'll hang out with y'all for a little bit. We were supposed to have a one o'clock guest. I think he had to cancel, which is quite okay. So AB and I are probably going to just hang out with y'all. Not for the full hour. I'm sure we'll hop off. Um, Moon or Bust is going. It will be on today at 2 o'clock. I, I don't want to really spend too much more time talking about crypto because those guys have their plate full with and frankly, they know more about it than we do. So we'll save the crypto, whether it's the mainstream cryptos or, or, or the shitcoin talk. We'll save that for two o'clock with Logan and Ryan on Moon or Bust. Um, but hey, we, we got a few minutes here, AB. Let's just hang out. What else haven't we covered? There, uh, there's probably a few things we haven't talked about yet. Um, well, Spencer, I see uh, Les Ram in the chat talking about a firm. Let's go ahead and pull a firm's chart up, see how it's doing today. Um, continuing to be an absolute monster. So let me go back to the daily candles here. We can see, I mean, this chart, it doesn't go that far back. The company went public in about January of this year. So it's only been on the markets for about 10, 11 months. But ever since the Amazon deal has announced, it, it, it spiked up about 30% in people. I think at the time, a lot of people were kind of scared to buy it there because it had gone up so much. And then um, another spike up on the, or I'm sorry, I think the first spike up was on Apple news. And then the second one was the Amazon deal. Um, and even since the Amazon deal, I mean, it's gone up another 50% since then. So this chart looks really strong right here. I don't know, um, you know, too much about the industry of buy now, pay later to know. I mean, I know that a firm is the leader in it. Um, well, I, I don't know if they're, I, I don't know if that may, maybe in the U S they are, but they're definitely not the leader globally. Who's the leader globally. Well, I mean, square just bought Afterpay, Right. In okay. Deal, right. So, and I, I know there's more, there's more in the UK as well. 
Um, what's crazy is like buy now or pay later isn't even that new of a concept. Like that's basically the model of rent center, just with more fees, right? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, isn't it? Walmart used to do it with uh, what roll rollover layover or whatever layaway layaway yeah. yeah this is even a new this is, yeah this is basically just layaway isn't it i think it is i and i think something that is slightly concerning about this space is i don't know like how it doesn't seem like a firm or any of these ones that you can just do on your own when you're checking out really vet the customers to see like their credit score or anything and the way these companies make money is off of late payments and stuff so i could see this whole um industry kind of causing some you know problems down the road as far as if people end up like buying stuff they can't afford and aren't able to pay back those debts i don't know i mean i i, I liked a firm for a while when it was down here and now up here I'm, I'm hesitant on it i don't hold it or anything um but you know a firm it it continues it continues to be strong we'll say that uh, hey, I don't know if you saw U.S. Steel today, A.B., but can you pull up the X chart? Because they had earnings. We talked about it this morning. The stock was having a good morning, and now it's having just a, an even better day because it's up 15% today. We are approaching. We're within a shouting distance. We're within three, $4 of of a of a high. Uh, how far? How, how long of a high is that? Of like, It's like a... It's like a 10-year high. We're within $4. No, 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 no. Look at the chart. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. So all right, in 2018, we were at 46. I'm sorry. I started 47. But I... you're right that as far as the last couple of years, the high looks like to be at around $30, $30 and um, change. So if we can get back up there, then maybe we can break through those highs and, and see it run um, further, this is again not a stock that I'm in or anything. So let me know in the chat if you've traded X at all. Um, yeah, and let us know what else you're watching. Let's see, Gree. I'm seeing G R E E. I don't know. Oh, that thing just went from 20 to 28 in minutes. What just happened there? Big options buying. Big, big, big options buying. Call buying right now. I don't know what um, it doesn't look like. We have any news on. I I, I, I like my chart better because it's easier to see. All right, let's go to no fifteen minute is better. Look at that. Look at that move on 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 a heavy volume. Yeah, full disclosure. I don't know. Is is this a low floater? It is indeed nine million shares. Hey, let's push this thing around for fun, right? Because we can. Uh, Happy saying he's watching Clean Spark. This is one that we've talked about a lot. Clean Spark went on a crazy run, you know, back in January, February, all the way up to about forty dollars a share, then got smacked down. Yeah, but look at the turnaround. This is this is, and Mitch uh, was talking about this yesterday. This doesn't look that bad. This is a- no. Anytime you have that uh, very strong established trend. With just you know days, day over day over day with green candles, it's always good to have you know the trend at your back. The trend is your friend, and until you see any clear sign of reversal, it's usually a sign that you know the stock will continue to move up. Um, obviously, you know we'll have to look at. It looks like we could be at a previous support level. So right here at about twenty dollars, this will be a, a line in the sand to see if we either reverse here or continue moving up. If we continue moving up, it looks like the next 
um, spot that we could run into resistance is at $23. So uh, definitely worth looking at CleanSpark for a nice little trade. And I, this is a company that I like the long-term uh, outlook on it as well, because, you know, if you've heard us talk about this stock before, Ooh. essentially what the company does is they specialize in microgrid energy technology. And right now, one of the most, you know, kind of untalked about problems in the energy sector is that we have huge grids that, um, you know, uh, uh, big portions of the country rely on the same grid. So if, if the grid for, say, like the Northeast goes out, it goes from Philadelphia to New York City. And it's like we should have, uh, you know, more safety in having cities on individual microgrids in case something happens, whether it's a hack or, or just a technical problem, whatever it is. So I think we'll see more and more microgrid technology being implemented. Um, I don't know if CleanSpark will get a, a, a boost if the infrastructure bill ever gets signed and passed, but... Um, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about this stock initially, I want to say on this show on power hour when it was at about $13 a share before it had this run up, uh, to $40. And then of course it got smacked down, but now it's, it's, it's strong again, Spencer. Hey, um, first off, this thing just crossed its 200 day moving average yesterday. So nice job there. Um, and I want to say that, and there's one more thing, there's one more comment I just had shoot what was it oh yeah shout out if you remember the uh massive east coast blackout of 2004 put a one in the chat if you remember that That yeah um i don't know if you're familiar with ted koppel spencer but he actually wrote a book uh on this problem i think it's called lights out essentially that uh it, it could be a big national security issue that we rely on such few grids for our for our energy yeah. purposes that, that, that was a fun day <laughs> i mean I, I was i was just a kid i think that was before you were born but um it was a fun day anyway fun for me because i was just a kid fun for not the adults obviously um okay uh what else were we watching here so greed still don't know what that is uh jay right jay said short covering uh I, I saw some massive call buying going on um, what else do we have here? I want to mention Zendesk is kind of your disaster of the day. Zen had earnings and their like whole suite, their whole like financial side of the C-suite is gone. So uh, that stock has gotten punished in the last couple of months here. Uh, really, actually, most of the year. Zen. Um, I've got the pro movers tool open. I got gainers on the top, uh, losers on the bottom. Uh, losers, I need to fix actually. That's Chris Kachi wants you to look at the DWAC headline on Zynga Pro. Okay. Is it recent? I don't yes. know. Trump's truth app gets formal demand to stop violating software license. Oh man. Right. <laughs> what what is this? All right, so who's the company in question here? It's Mastodon. Wait a minute. I think I know that company. Hold on. I think I have a friend at that company. Let me wait one second here. I think one of my close friends. Call him. Let's get him on the stream live. Unless it's a different company, but it, it's got a similar name. Hold on. <laughs> let me see if I'm gonna let me look at this right now. Um. Oh wait, no, that that's Macedon, and this is what what's the company called? Mass. Hold on, now I'm confusing myself here. So the company in question is. 
M-A-S-T-O-D-O-N. Yeah, not the same. Oh, they sound so similar. I thought I, I could get someone from, uh, from that company on the show here, but it's a different company. Never mind. I'm sorry, guys. That that was very exciting for about five seconds. So okay. So DWAC. Sorry, I got distracted. Is should we stock- buy some? Should we buy some puts on DWAC? Dude, I'm terrified of that. No, I'm horribly afraid of this co- of this stock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid of betting on it. I'm afraid of betting against it. What's the the, 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 uh, the all time high on DWAC? DWAC broke hundred that day. It was going crazy, right? It's a lose lose situation for me. I feel like. Uh, what's the all time? What's the high? One ninety? Is that where it got to? One seventy five. One seventy five. Um. Yeah. So I. Don't, what about you? You want to? You want to buy a call? You want to buy a put? If I were gonna buy anything, I would buy like a long dated put, like maybe like a fifty dollar <laughs> long dated put. Like a $50 put that expires here. I'm just going to – let me pull up my Robinhood real quick. And this is the craziest thing. While you do that, if you had bought like like back in, I don't know, February, January, if you had said, oh, this GameStop thing is dumb, I want to buy like the twenty, the $10 puts on GameStop, you're screwed like, you know, for like for November. You're screwed. <laughs> like, so – we have precedence for this. I'm afraid of this, man. I'm afraid of the DWAC. I want no part of it. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like a a $50 put that expires December 17th, which is about uh, two months from now, a little less than two months, about six weeks, would cost me about a grand. So it's a little pricey. I don't think I'm going to do it for just I, – I think that's one of the – I think there are so many things – um, or, or so many people that are trying to do this, buying puts on it, that it could have that effect where there's just so much short interest out there uh, that it actually props the stock up from people having to cover. So yeah, let, let, let's let's not do that right now, Spencer. But I would not be surprised if we don't see if we see DWAC get down to the fifty dollar level next week. Okay, you heard it here first. DWAC to fifty. Aaron Bree said it. Come and go after him when when the stock goes down. Let's check on uh, Apple. So Spencer, this is a, a weekly, you know, we're not going to see a lot from this chart, but we can see right here what, what you were talking about. Here's the open yeah. today. So yep. if you just look at the open, Apple looks great. If you take yep. in last night's close into effect, you can see this gap. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I I, I want to see Apple continuing to show that there are buyers here and, and see it, if not get up to the close yesterday, at least make some more ground because it looks like we're getting held up here a little bit. Uh, let me go to the daily just right here. It looks like, you know, maybe some of the momentum's running out, which can be a sign that there could be a reversal coming. Or if we see more volume and buyers coming in, then we can see it continuing to break out. I don't know. We'll see what happens with Apple today. But right now, down about 2% from last night's close. And the $150 level is kind of a psychological level as well. Yeah, Cranky Buzzer is asking about funware. Cranky, let's just save the funware for next week. Because we're going to have Randall Crowder. He was on, if you missed it, he was at our small cap conference yesterday. Um, he'll be on uh, the show Wednesday. So let's just table any fun work conversations until then. Someone in the chat's asking about SoFi, Spencer. And, and Why? Uh, I know. <laughs> Why do you always ask about fun at SoFi? Because I know this is like one of three individual stocks that you actually hold. I, I own more than three stocks, I own like six stocks. But okay, Disney, Disney SoFi. Disney, I own Disney, SoFi. And the four cannabis ones, I think. And uh, that might be it as far as stocks are concerned. But, um, yeah, I mean, hey, my cost basis is in, is in the low 20s. So we're, we're below that now. 
We came all the way back. We fought our way back from like 12 to not quite 12. We didn't get quite down there. We got down to what, like 14? Yeah, 14 all the way back to 20. Congratulations, me. Now we're back below that $20 bogey. Oh, ETC wants to talk about Blackstone. That's one that I got into this week. Um, But real quick, before we get to Blackstone, Chris Kachi in the chat a U.S. Congress uh, Congress member bought DUAC Friday at ninety two dollars a share. Yeah. I believe that was uh, it, it was it was it was what's your name? Marjorie Taylor Green. Yeah. yeah. Um, Chris, maybe that's why she's in Congress and not at J.P. Morgan. I don't know. But Chris, can you uh, continue following that story to see if we if if she sells at some point this next week? If she if because right now she's sitting at what about a twenty percent loss. Um, if not more than that. So I, I, I don't know. We'll see if, if uh, Marjorie Taylor Green has diamond hands or not and, and see what she does with the DWAC trade because buying it at, at $90 is just absurd to me. I mean, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, okay. So, so far, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm holding. I'm, ho- I'm, I'm holding this one. I, I have no comment. I'm not doing anything. I really don't look at the stock that much. I look at it when people ask about it. I don't know. Wh- I don't know where you're long from, Cranky, or whoever asked about it. Who asked about that? Was it Cranky? Who? Whoever? Uh, I don't know. Someone asked about SoFi. If you're in SoFi, if you want to share your cost base, Antonio cool. Miller. Antonio, if you want to share your cost base, that's cool. If you know, that's cool too. A minute from twenty, and I re- like this is this is one of the hardest things, but I really try to just ignore it and just do nothing. Cause I, cause I think it's go, I, I'm, I'm in it for the long term. So that means, that means ignoring it. That means Scarjo, Scarjo's asking how much, uh, Marjorie Taylor Green bought. It was somewhere in between 15 grand and 50 grand, I believe. Uh, they have to disclose like within a window, but not the exact amount, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chris Kachi. Dude, uh, I have no idea. <laughs> and, uh, what was I? Oh, Blackstone. Yeah. Someone asked about Blackstone. So if you were watching, um, on Monday, we had Ross Gerber on who talked yeah. about uh, Spencer essentially asked him to pitch us one stock in his ETF that's not uh, Tesla or, or one of the other big stocks that he does. And, and he did Blackstone, which was surprising uh, to Spencer and I because Ro- Ross Gerber's whole thing is these like big growth stocks. But his pitch was very interesting to me on Blackstone. He essentially was saying that when the executives and the owners of the company make money. You make money in the stock as well, which I like that because a lot of times, you know, it's nice to know that, Hey, if if they're making money, we're making money. And I also think we could see a a little flow into some value stocks because tech has been so strong again for the past couple months. I mean, if you look at spy spy hitting all time highs today, while the uh, NASDAQ was kind of let, we'll check in. I mean, I think NASDAQ might be, Checking on the QQQ might be doing a little bit better than we started out. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I like the pitch on Blackstone. I Ross is smarter than me when it comes to investing. He's been doing it longer uh, and it's got a good dividend. So I just threw some money into Blackstone. Let me know who asked about Blackstone if, if you're into it as well. ETC. Wait, real fast. You just made a comment about, you know, when the, you know, execs make money, you make money. Um, if, and this doesn't really apply to Blackstone, but I, I just want to give a PSA out there. If you're looking at like broad-based ETFs and you, you're trying to decide, oh, do, do I want to buy like the SPY, right, which is from State Street? Do I want to buy the VOO, which is the same exact thing, but from Vanguard? Do I want to buy uh, – I'm blanking on whatever BlackRock is. But like if you're deciding these things, the tiebreaker for me 
was Vanguard because Vanguard is a mutual company. The company is structured as a mutual com- company, which means that the shareholder, the, the the customers own the company. Van, I'm a Vanguard customer. I own a piece of Vanguard. Uh, that was the tiebreaker for me when deciding like. You've got three identical ETFs that do the same thing with the same fee. I I chose Vanguard because I when they if if when I don't know if they ever IPO theoretically hypothetically then on paper at least I would be entitled to some of that because the customers own the company so and the expense ratio is lower by like one basis point but whatever okay um. What were we about to talk about after that? I, I wanted to make that PSA about Vanguard. Oh, yeah. I was going to mention, AB, Blackstone um, went ex-dividend today, I think. Or Wait, the, I get a dividend today from Blackstone? Oh, the ex-dividend date was... Was it yesterday? Uh, wait, what's today? 29th? Yeah, no, the ex Yeah, you get a dividend. because <laughs> you. <laughs> Beautiful. Love well, the record, the, the record date is tomorrow is Monday. But yes, you, you, you will get a dividend from, 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 from Blackstone. Congratulations. Love it. I don't, love I, don't it. Know, I don't know what the dividend it is. Oh, it's uh, it's uh, it's four dollars on annual. Yeah, and, and Spencer, back to your point about the Vanguard ETF. I actually have. I, I went through the same thing because I was looking to make a recurring investment into the S and P five hundred. Yeah, and I, I ultimately went with the VU VOO and VTI, which the VTI is just the overall stock market. So instead of the five hundred companies in the S and P, it's essentially just every stock on the market. And yeah, I mean, uh, who does who does the spy one? State Street, Spider, Eighth Street. Um, the VU ended up, like you said, just being a little bit cheaper than than the uh, spy. So I went with yeah, VU. Buy, yeah. It's basically splitting hairs, but yes, it is cheaper. And and this this oh. is honestly like one of the best ways to invest in my opinion is just put a recurring buy on VU or VTI and that way you're you know your your dollar cost averaging in so if you do it on a weekly basis or a monthly basis if the index is going down you're getting a lower cost basis every month as you're getting invested in and over time um, you know you'll be able to reinvest those dividends that you get from there but I get it. It's fun. It's fun for me to pick stocks and try to YOLO trade but like you can see today my portfolio is down nine percent from trying to yolo trade whereas if i just stuck diligently with this recurring buy i'd be up today you know so it's it's something that a lot of times i have friends ask me like oh how should i invest and i'm like look just set a recurring buy on vu or vti you know it's so low maintenance you don't have to think about it you don't have to do anything and it's just a way to accumulate and grow wealth over time um, Aaron Sachs, Aaron Sachs says he's in on Vong. I don't know which one that is. I don't know, but the, I, RKT just rocketed uh, because they announced a deal with Salesforce, a partnership. Who? A rocket. Rocket RKT Rocket. Quick, quick and loans. Yes, I did. Yes, I know. That's what I said. Uh, they they just announced a deal with a partnership with Salesforce. I guess they're going to share some data. And offer some services through the Salesforce cloud. All right, cool. We are a uh, Salesforce customer, and our office is in the Rocket Mortgage headquarters. So, cool. Go Rocket. I don't know why someone said that it was my Rocket. I don't. I've never owned this stock before. This this is a Jason Rasnick uh, favorite. 
but I've never owned this stock. Not that I think it's a bad company. I just I just don't I don't own the stock. So, um, cool. Oh, Neil recommended. Oh yeah, Aaron's talking to AB. Vong. He's talking about Vong, which is uh, it, it's a uh, Vong is just the growth. It's Russell a thousand growth ETF. It is V O N G. Yep. Also, yes, it is. I see right there. Chart all time highs. It's huh, funny. Growth. I thought growth was out of favor. Yet here we are at all time highs. Go figure. Um, cool. Hey, before I, I don't want to leave the stream. I don't want to end the stream without first just promoting our giveaway we're doing today. And if you missed it, if you missed the giveaway, if you are a Benzinga Pro user only, if you are a Benzinga Pro user, you can enter for the chance to win. AB, did you see what what what, what the giveaway is today? Did 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 Mitch tell you what the giveaway is today? AB, did I lose AB? Hello. Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Did you see what the giveaway was today that we're doing in honor in honor because of Halloween? Is it a free trip to the Benzinga Halloween party? No, I don't know if we're doing a Halloween party, man. And if we are, I don't even know if you're invited. True. I mean, I haven't gotten an invite, so that's what I figured. We, we, we had the party last night at, at the bar. That's what we did. Uh, um, no, tell me, what the, tell me what the prize is. Is it, it is Benzinga Pro related would be my guess. No, it's got nothing to do with Benzinga Pro. Okay. Nothing to do with Benzinga Pro or Benzinga. Um, I want to see. Okay, so I I thought they would have announced it on live trading. Um, and I'm just checking to see if they did because because if they didn't, I I I don't know if I was the person that was meant to announce it, and I, so I I don't want to like screw it up because I thought Mitch was gonna had already announced it. So so if he didn't though, then I don't want to. Like mess up the. Oh come on, man! You can't talk about it and not tell us. So no, it's it's not Benzinga Pro. Oh, I guess he didn't say anything. Apparently. Um, all right. I, I then I then I think I think oh I think I'm allowed to. Uh, Do it. Wait, one thousand dollars, right? I I I'm getting that right. One thousand dollars. I I believe it was. One thousand dollars. Wait, we're giving a thousand dollars away. I mean, not to you or me. So that's pretty cool. Did we ask Luke? We we, we did ask Luke. Wait, I, I wait. This is embarrassing because I thought I I went to, I just went to look up where I thought the details would be, and they're not there. <laughs> so, so um, Mitch, if you're watching, come save us uh, because I want to make sure I get this right and don't completely butcher this promotion. <laughs> Because I just wanted to look up where I, where I thought the information was going to be listed, and the information was not. So, Chris, I know you're watching. Save 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 me if if I got that wrong. But I I, I thought it was a thousand dollars. That's uh, a good idea, Cranky Buzzard. It should be a thousand dollars or tickets to the Lions Thanksgiving game. You get to pick. Yeah, I, I yeah, Chris. I know there's a promo here. You know what? Maybe. Hey, Zinger.
There, there you found it. You want to play the promo? Do you want me to? Yeah. Just play. Hey, Zinger Nation. Happy Halloween. We thought we'd celebrate with a $1,000 giveaway. Yes, I said it. $1,000 in cash giveaway. All you got to do is be a Benzinga Pro user to enter. And if you're not, I have a loophole for you. Sign up for a free trial. No credit card needed. Of course, follow Benzinga. Hit the retweet. Comment below for a bonus entry. You can put your favorite costume or gift idea. Of course, include the pets if you got them. And we'll see you at the Zinger Nation Halloween special. Okay, so you got to be a Benzinger Pro subscriber to, to 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 enter the contest. That much is obvious. And then, thank you, Chris, dude. Chris Cacci is like saving my my butt right now because he's putting. <laughs> thank you, Chris. Dear Lord. Oh man. Okay, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna paste the link. Can Chris save my portfolio too? I don't know if he's that good. Thank you, Chris. He just put it in chat. I'm gonna put it in chat again. Holy moly. That was embarrassing because I I literally went to like uh, a Slack thread and then it was not there, at, and I was like, shoot, I don't have the link or anything to this promotion. So now we do. The link is in there. Holy cow! It's Friday. I gotta get out of here, man. It's been one of those days. So anyway, Benzinger Pro Halloween gave away one thousand dollars, one thousand dollars in uh, cash, or maybe we'll give it to you if I guess if you want it in like. Sheeb, we can maybe arrange that. I don't know. I don't know. The transfer fees might be expensive for that right now. Maybe um, right. but Spencer, it looks like we have a nice little cannabis video coming up after this. Let me make sure. Okay. Um, wow. What is going on today? It's just it feels like we're flying by the seat of our pants. It is what it is. All right. Uh so yeah, that video, as I understand it, is set, is set to go at 130 AB. Oh, all right. So we got 13 minutes to kill. I mean, you know, we don't have to stay on until one thirty, uh, but uh, uh, the other Aaron, Aaron the intern says it's it's ready, it's ready to roll. So, all right, before we go though, let's just uh, see if there's anything left in the chat that, that we missed. Any other tickers we want to bloviate about? Does someone know any more than the markets about? Like, are we going to see more volume come in before the end of the day, or is, or is today one of those Fridays where it's just kind of a lull no, all day? It's not, it's not like an options expiration or anything. So, no. Why? Well, I, I don't know why we'd see more. I don't know why we'd see any unusual volume today. I have Ch- Shinigami's asking me if I signed up for Benzinga Pro. I've tried to get the team to. Um, get me on Benzinga Pro, but they they try to give me a test about the markets before I can get into Benzinga Pro, and I keep failing the test. So mm-hmm. um, yes. Shelly's yeah. saying it's a sleepy Friday. It's a yawner. That's what I'm feeling too. It does, I mean, we, we've got volume coming into, you know, those the big Apple, Google um, stocks, but it seems like nothing's really – it doesn't seem like we're getting like an absurd amount of volume anywhere today. Yeah. Agree on that. It's a freaky Friday, Antonio says. I want to know what everyone's going to be for Halloween this year. I'm I'm not a big Halloween guy. I think you can probably tell that. But drop it in the chat. Uh, let, let, it, let us know what you're going to be for Halloween this year. I'm just curious. AB, do you have anything or no? 
Um, if you're a fan of our YouTube, then, you know, you've seen me in a, a mouse rat costume before. So I'm probably going to do that. Um, just cause it's something that I have and I don't have to go out and buy a new costume. But if you have any ideas, I I've, I floated some other ideas around, you know, Ted Lasso, uh, Joe from you. <laughs> That's a good one, man. I have, I have friends that try to tell me that I look like the guy from Joe from you, but I don't see it. So I don't know how I would, how I would do that costume. Cause I think he just wears kind of like generic clothes. Yeah. Um, but if anyone has any good ideas for me that are kind of like low maintenance, let me know. Cause I'll, I'll oh, definitely, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but we're about to break 1100 on Tesla. Really? Yeah. So maybe that's where all the volume is today is on we're Tesla. Right, we're right there. We're right on the doorstep of 1100. Oh, oh, oh. I had a crazy Tesla trade this week, Spencer. You want to tell us about it before we go? Yeah. Let me try to find uh can I see my history here? Oh yeah. So <laughs> early <laughs> Shelly's Shelly's funny, man. What Shelly Shelly, Shelly Shelly, you do look like Ben Shapiro. <laughs> no, I'm not uh, that would actually be kind of funny. <laughs> you do look like him. That'd be funny. Anyway, go back to the Tesla trade. Um all right, so let me zoom in a little bit. So when when Tesla was making its crazy move on Monday, I believe, October 25th, I bought a $1650 call that expires today. So for this contract to be worth anything, this or to be like exercised, the stock would need to be above 1650. And there was so much volume coming into Tesla that I was actually able to sell that contract for uh, about like a 20%, more than a 20%, 30% gain. I don't know what $70 to $99 is. But at one point, it was even more than that. And I I could have sold it for more, but I held on to it for a little too long. But for that contract to be going up in value as a $1,600 uh, strike price with an expiration of today was just crazy to me. I mean, I don't know how much more YOLO you can get than saying Tesla can rise by 50%. Uh, 79.9 is a 41% gain. What's the soldier winter? I don't know. Wait, wait. Let's let's read some of the the comments in the chat uh, for people from Halloween. For Halloween, uh, what they're going to be we telling look- someone they look like Joe is like telling someone they look like a creep. Yeah, I mean that's that that's correct. I've never seen an episode of the show. Like I know oh, he, he, he's really creepy, man. Is yeah, it? so probably I don't want to be associated with him. So maybe that's not a good. Uh, so so we're, so we're we're back on the Ben Shapiro train. Is that right? um squid game costume i feel like that's gonna be like every year there's like one super popular halloween costume last year it was tiger king you know people dressing up as um what's her name carol baskin and joe uh exotic joe exotic this year i think it's gonna be squid game everyone dressing up in those red costumes because it's easy you know you got like the hood the mask you're set um from marvel all right, I'm not very well versed in the Marvel universe, but I'll look into Winter Soldier. Check that out. I mean, yeah, he's—I don't know—he's just a generic guy, he's a generic white guy. Yeah, I get told I look like that all the time. Just a, yeah, just a yeah. generic white guy. So, uh, yeah, any any generic white guy costumes, throw them out here. No cultural appropriation <laughs> allowed. <laughs> anyway, okay, uh, I think we'll probably hop off. Um, I know that video is set to go live at at one thirty. And so, well, here, let's see if we can crowdsource a few more Halloween ideas. I know we've got a smart, good looking chat. I think they've got a couple more good ideas in them. Um, 
Wait, where, where, in all seriousness, where is the rat suit? Is it over there? No, I meant to. So I, I it was like, it's been in the office for like months and it's actually at my apartment now because I wore it the other day to a Halloween party and now it's sitting at my apartment. I meant to bring it today, but I forgot it. So I've got this little trusty crown instead. Uh, Cranky Buster wants us to check in on a firm again. We talked about a firm earlier. I don't really have any thoughts on it, honestly. Like no. the stock looks strong, it keeps going up, but I, I don't have any like big thoughts on the. Uh, do you, Do you want to Do you want to look at like the the calendar for next week? Because it's 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 a doozy for earnings. Yeah, Let's we, do we, it. we got some big ones. You got uh, so you're you're sorting by estimated revenue right now. Yeah, so this is what I always do. Uh, so I went to my my pro, I went to my calendar uh, earnings, I filtered it by next week, and then you can sort by importance. Like, like that's cool too, but I like to sort by this column, estimated revenue, just to give me an idea of like who are the, who are the biggest fish, right? The biggest fish reporting. So you get boring names, right? CVS and McKesson, which are known but boring and then you get some like wild ones like reactivist and blizzard right uh, is on here um if you if you go down and so we got some big names here names like t-mobile names like qualcomm uh mondelez will be really interesting not normally because it's a food stock but in this inflationary environment i'm i'm interested in in in, in food stocks right now and just seeing what they say so i'm into that mondelez report that's on the uh, the second after after hours. What else do we have reporting? We've got that. I like Pfizer. I mean, Pfizer is going to be interesting, right? Uh, Jay Rice. I was just going to ask if you're still in the chat. I see you. Uh, for Marriott, Avis, Caesars. Oh, that's a good idea. M- Jay. MGM Resorts. Um, Juan, yeah, we were talking about your Ford calls the other day, and we said you might as well hold on. Ford ended up reporting good earnings. I don't know when they expire, but if you're in the profit, I would just say take your profits. You cannot go broke taking profits. I've learned the hard way. Too many times I've held an option contract that I was once up, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40% on, and then ended up losing the money. So if I were you, again, I don't know your expiration date, but I would take your profits. Um, learn from my mistakes as I have not. Christian Gallagher also sold out of his Ford calls today. Nice. But Jay Rice, I was going to put an ask out to you. Um, we see some of these companies reporting earnings. And I have a couple that I think, you know, something like Pfizer, My, I, I don't have a thesis that it's going to go up or down, but I think it's going to move a lot off its earnings. So if I want to play an option strategy where maybe I buy a call and a put, and as long as it moves a certain um, percentage in either direction, then then I'd be profitable. I want to know if you have thoughts on that, kind of how to play those options. I don't know if that's a straddle or a strangle. I know it's one of those. Um, but finding some stocks that are reporting earnings next week, that might be good ideas to do those on. Uh, because like I said, I don't know if Pfizer is going to go up or down, but I'll bet that it's going to move 5% in either direction, at least. All right. 5% though for Pfizer? Look what uh Moderna did uh, last time they reported. Or what, what time? What did what did Pfizer do last time it reported? Uh, let's see. Pfizer's last report. Co- I don't have it here. Let me get it up on the on the oh. on the chart. No, no, no. Go back. Go back. So Pfizer's last report actually because their earnings it was like when it was it was like July. Yeah, we can we can look it up actually. Let's go to go here. We'll just search for Pfizer. Uh, go all. Okay, maybe not. Five. Maybe Pfizer doesn't move as much as Moderna or some of the other stocks. But the, I, I, 
Pfizer's last report was July 28th. Pfizer's not a big mover, man. July 28th. Right there. Yeah, Pfizer ain't a big mover. Pfizer's stodgy. Okay, so maybe Pfizer's not the one to put a strangle or straddle on, but there will be some movers. Okay, expected move for Pfizer is 2.1. IV is only 42%. All right, so I retract my statement. Probably not the best stock to put a, a option strategy out like that. We need to find one with a higher IV, one that is going to move a big amount in either direction. So I'll, I'll do that after the show today, Spencer. I'll go through the earnings next week and see which stocks I think will be a good good pick for that. I guess we'll talk about it on Monday, right? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we have normal programming, right? We got uh, a video coming up right now, uh, interview we did with uh, Bruce Linton that'll lead into Moon or Bust at 2 o'clock at the close with myself and Joel. At 3.30, Money Mitch at 4 o'clock. Um, and that's the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. So, All right, everyone. Have a great weekend. Have a safe Halloween weekend. Hope everyone has fun and has some great costumes. If anyone's got some good costumes they'd like to share with us, please email us at shows at Benzinga.com. And with that, we will see y'all on Monday. Aaron, please don't eat too much candy, man. I know you're going to just, just, just. You're gonna get a tummy ache, man. You're gonna call me. You're gonna be. It's. It's. It won't be good. So just don't. Don't eat too much candy. All right. I know. Your my dentist will thank you for giving me that. Uh, speaking of that, I don't think I've been to a dentist in a few years. I should probably schedule an appointment. All right. With that, everyone have a great weekend. Stay safe. Email us some costumes. Love y'all. Peace and love, Zinger Nation. Uh, that had some real consequences. Potential consequences. So we're going to talk about that um, and more. We'll talk Apple, obviously, Amazon. We have a couple great guests for you today. So uh, let's start the show here, A.B. Happy Halloween, A.B. From your safety officer here at Benzinga. I hope you are looking forward to the weekend getting some candy and making some gains in your stomach. Yes, sir. Yeah. What, what are you passing out for uh, candy this year, Spencer? That's a great question. We don't normally get many visitors in my building, but I guess I should prepare for the inevitable. So um, we'll probably just do, you know, everyone's favorite candy corn, obviously. Yuck. (laughs) All right. Uh, Enough of the uh, Halloween talk, AB. I want to start with a crypto update today because we are coming off all-time highs. And not coming coming off, actually. We're there. All-time highs for ethereum eth ether now at the futures are what i've got on my chart here and you can see them on this on your screen we're at 4500 or 40 just under now 4500 dollars in ether so congrats to all of us who are long me i believe you people in the chat shelly I'm long. I'm long Ethereum, but not right now in a uh, monetary sense. I do not have any Ethereum. I sold some uh, a few weeks ago. But if you watch this show, um, this is a trade that Luke and I talked about, kind of as this second wave of NFTs yep. um, came about. When, when NFTs came back in the spotlight, we said, "Hey, the price of Ethereum is not reflecting 
um, the newfound popularity of NFTs. If you recall, back in about maybe January, NFTs first took off. And then there was kind of a lull where people, it seemed like, weren't as interested in NFTs as they were in that month. And then maybe a month or two ago, it, it started up again where NFTs were just selling for crazy amounts of money. And we said, hey, Ethereum right now is lagging behind the NFTs. And of course, Ethereum is the blockchain, is the technology behind a lot of these NFTs. So our theory was, as, as NFTs continue to rise, Ethereum will have to catch up with it. And that's exactly what happened. I believe when we were talking about that, Ethereum was around $3,500 or maybe even a little less than that. So if you got into Ethereum when we talked about that, you're looking nice right now. Um, Spencer, you're still holding your Ethereum long and strong? Yeah, still holding and would love to buy more, but I don't never, I never, I always talk about it and don't know when. And Sully, you're right. Oof on Doge. Uh, you know, there is only room for one meme at a time. And it, it, it can't be, the money can't be in Doge and Sheeb. It just can't. That's the rules. I'm sorry. I don't make the rules. That's just what it is. So uh, Sheeb continuing to go higher. Doge down over 8% today. Um, tough break. But hey, you know what? This market has shown that if you just buy something and forget about it long enough, there's a chance you're making your money back. That's not investment advice, but there's a chance there's for a chance. sure. But you want to hear my theory on, on Dogecoin with uh, Shiba right now, uh, Spencer? Cannot wait. So essentially, one of the best drawing points to Dogecoin before it made its historic run up to, I mean, it got up to about 60, 70 cents, but now it's trading at around a quarter, around 25 cents. One of the things that people loved about it was it was so cheap when it was, you know, 0. 0.0001 that you could buy essentially millions of Dogecoin for like a couple hundred bucks. And you could say, hey, Spencer, I have three million Dogecoin. And it's like a super cool thing to say. And so now that Dogecoin's a lot more expensive than Shiba, you know, you cannot buy as many Dogecoins as you can Shiba tokens for the same amount of money. So I think these people that are looking for, uh, you know, altcoin would rather spend their money on something where they can get a substantial amount of holding. Um, right now, you or I could go buy a million Shiba for a couple hundred bucks, whereas Doge, we could only get a couple thousand Dogecoins. So I want to be a Shiba millionaire. I want to hold you know, millions of Shiba. So I think people will continue to go to what's cheaper um, in, in hopes that that coin will blow up. So I think a lot of Dogecoin buyers have now gravitated towards Shiba. Uh, even Floki, Floki Inu is getting a lot of love the past couple of days as well. So I think if you're looking for an altcoin right now, you got to look at some of these that are a little bit cheaper than Doge. All right. As a reminder, you can get uh, not uh, free altcoin, but you can get some free Bitcoin if that's your bag. If you, if Bitcoin's not too uh, boomer for you, but all you gotta do is download the Voyager app, enter the code Zing Z I N G, make your first trade, fund your account with a hundred dollars, not in that order, obviously, and they will give you fifty dollars in Bitcoin for free. Okay, enough of the crypto update. A B, you made a wild trade. Was it you made it yesterday or you made it before yesterday? I made it yesterday, but I already sold yeah. out of it. I don't know if I'll be able to like show the um what you, you know, sold it? Value. Yeah, I had I, to. I thought we agreed you you were gonna hold it for for the laughs. I did hold it today and then it was up again. Oh man. Okay. I, I, okay, right. I'll, I'll I'll break it down what happened real quick. So yeah. I bought Facebook calls yesterday while Facebook was breaking out. Um, and I think I spent about $500 on like three different call contracts. And then they announced the meta, the new name, Facebook took off. 
and my calls went up in value by like over a thousand dollars, but I could not close the position um, because I've talked about it on here before that I'm in like a day trader. Like I, if I make too many day trades, my account on Robinhood's going to get restricted. I did not want to restrict my you know ability to buy or sell stocks for 60 days. So I had to hold on to them through today. Um, and if you're watching Facebook's chart yesterday, Facebook ended up trading off those highs. So those calls just completely diminished in value. I did buy a Facebook put to kind of hedge that position. Um, so when it was all said and done, I was pretty even today between the Facebook calls and the Facebook put. I, I bought to hedge it. Did was this intentional? Did you buy the Facebook call in like knowing or thinking the stock was gonna pop, or was it a sheer coincidence? I my thesis was uh the name change would be like a catalyst, but it, it's right. one of those kind of like buy the rumor, sell the news. I think like when it was, I, I think there there was a pop from that. And then when it was all said and done, Facebook, I mean, you can see right there where, where it started selling off yesterday afternoon. Yeah. Um, and so luckily I got a put at the right time to kind of recoup some of those losses. And then Facebook opened up today. So my put ended up being down, but the calls were back up. I don't know. It was a whole mess. Bottom line is I need to get, out of this day Wait, trader Aaron, we, we gotta like like what do we gotta do to, to get you out of this i mean we gotta get your account balance up obviously but how do we do that do we like do we just make better trades i mean i think so yeah i mean here i'll show my screen right now um i have so here's how it works is you have yeah. four, four day, day trades you can no, make we, we all know we all know the pdt rule you don't have to explain it to us right so right here you can see i've made a day trade on snap tesla and facebook so if i do one more um yes. that will that will be it for me and i'll be restricted for 60 days so uh, um yeah i mean spencer if you have any ideas of how i can raise my account value from two thousand to twenty five thousand, happy, happy has an idea get a get a second a second account man get get on weeble or thinkorswim or IB or Schwab or literally anywhere else will do. Yeah, maybe uh, Born to be Free, he's got a good idea too. Maybe I just need to get in the BZ trading school. That's it. Um, yeah. That's it, man. That's it right there. Um, anyway, I first, when Aaron told me this, I thought, dude, you got to take the money. You got to take the money. But then I said, wait, no, don't sell. Keep it so we have something to talk about. And I, th I thank you for partially doing that if only for the content yeah i mean i i wish i would have held on to today as you can see my account's down about a couple hundred bucks um from i actually from this trade that I, I bought a baba call i don't know i just baba's too cheap at 165 i think we're gonna see buyers coming in but this one i'm holding into next week is kind of like a short swing trade um but all right spencer i'm gonna go ahead and pull up my benzinga pro and while yeah. we're talking about baba let's talk about some of these other Big name tech stocks that are trading lower today. Of course, Amazon and Apple both reported earnings. Yeah, you know uh, what's funny is they're trading lower. But again, this is why I love looking at performance from the open. Because if you look at it from the close, it doesn't tell the whole story. You see, If you look at it from the close, you would say, oh, Apple's down 2% today. Uh oh, bad day. But from the open, Apple is actually higher, and especially in the last few minutes here. Right, Apple is actually rallying. Amazon's actually rallied. Right, it's a tale of two different tapes here. You've got the overnight tape. Obviously, the stock got crushed on its report, but the tape from the open is actually pretty good. So let's not let's not ignore that. This has been an actually pretty positive day from the open. 
for Amazon and Apple and a lot of tech, frankly. I mean, I mean, the, the Nasdaq is gonna, it, we're at like unchanged, almost unchanged on the Nasdaq right now, right? So, I mean, it, it saying Amazon is down three percent, Apple's down two percent, I think is is disingenuous because it, it misses the part of the story that that says, hey, it's actually been a pretty good three hours. <laughs> Um, that's a good idea, Jay Rice. He's saying, ask Jason for a raise. Maybe I'll see if Jason will fund my account till 25k. I don't, I, I'm not bullish on that. Um, Cameron Dole, you said that you are buying some Apple calls, one, I think calls, maybe 150 puts. I don't know. Cameron, let us know what your thesis is on the trade. Um, do you think Apple just sold off too much? You expect a little bounce? Because I, I, I can I, get. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say I can get talked into that. I can get talked into some Apple calls right now. Oh, me too. Uh, me too. One hundred percent. I can get talked into Apple because how often do you get do you get the chance to buy Apple on this kind of a dip? Unless you really believe that the supply chain problems that they that they talked about are going to persist for like years, for like two, three, four years, rather than like two, three, four quarters. Unless you believe that, there's no reason not to buy Apple on this dip. Sort of what I think. I don't, I, I'm not, I think the supply chain issues will resolve themselves within, I, I don't think it'll be years, but we, we will see, I guess. I, I don't know anything, but um, it would surprise me if we're still talking about that in, you know, a year from now, we're still talking about supply yeah. chain issues, at least to the magnitude that we are right now. Um, but one of, I mean, at, the supply chain issue we were originally talking about was all about the semiconductors and a lot of the semiconductor stocks have just been ripping. Um, so it seems like the supply chain issue has kind of moved from just in the semiconductor industry to overall, you know, shipping of goods. NVIDIA at all time highs has just been so strong since really the past six months or so since March has gone from about, um, this is split adjusted, went from about 130 up to 255. Um, so almost a hundred percent gain there in NVIDIA over the past six months alone. Um, this is one of my favorite all-time stocks. I, I don't really trade options on it because the contracts are just always super expensive. Um, but I don't know. I mean, do you think Spencer will see the the semiconductor uh, shortages back in the headlines soon? I I don't know. All I know is that this space continues to be the story of the haves and the have-nots, right? AMD, NVIDIA are beasts, and like Micron and Western Dig stink. So it just, it, nothing's really changed. It's, it's funny. You get an industry wide headline and the, the, the stocks that are, that were in favor before are still in favor and the stocks that are out of favor before are still out of favor. So nothing, yeah, nothing's really changed real quick before we get to our first guest, look yeah. at Apple on the five minute chart. Um, looks like it is making some headway here, moved up from about $147 a share to $149 a share. So uh, like you said, Spencer, if you just look at it from the open, you take out that move from yesterday's close. It looks good. It looks very good. That's what right. I, I, I want people to understand that it looks very good. I, I, I could get talked into Apple and Amazon. It's not very often you get the chance to buy both those stocks down 2% or more, right, on any given day. So Yeah, and even with this move from Apple, we're still looking at you know down 2.3% from yesterday's close. So like you said, kind of a bargain. Um, Shelly, we don't, we're, we're not here to pump anything, but I'm also, just, also Shelly, I, I appreciate the implication that she thinks that we can move Apple. Heck, if I, if we had the power to move Apple, do you think I would be here? Yeah, I saw, I it saw is the most wildly traded stock in the world. 
but I, I saw that the, I respect the implication, but no, we can't. I saw that Amazon was getting interest on Wall Street bets, and I was like, "Does these Wall Street bets crowd think they're gonna move Amazon? <laughs> How much really volume does that thing trade? You know, b- billions of dollars?" And uh, yeah, okay, keep trying, keep trying, guys. Okay, but, hey, uh, we're running a few minutes over. Let's bring on our first guest here. Uh, we have uh, we're, we're going to talk about um, a new ETF. That is launching uh, with Roundhill. We're not going to talk to Roundhill. We're going to talk to the person that made the index that the ETF is going to track. His name is Chaz Cocky. Is he joining us now here? Uh, AB, let, let, let's get him on here. All right, Chaz, founder of IO Digital Index Partners. Good. How's it going? How are we doing today? Great. Happy Halloween. What are you dressed up as? So I'm one of several things. Uh, <laughs> I could be a construction worker. I could be a member of the village people. Uh, I could be the Benzinga safety officer, uh, which is a real thing that exists for the sole purpose of fire drills in, in our building. I see. Um, or which we haven't had in quite a while uh or, or it could be i'm open to interpretation but, but. I, I i'm going with village people and and i have to say i was inspired by you know seeing you guys so i got my bear stearns residential mortgage hat on i mean nice. yes i'm a disgraced investment banker um and fan of disgraced football teams so yeah, you know nice. it's all good it's all good awesome awesome so okay we have you on here because uh i came across it was came to my attention in this new ETF from Roundhill. The Roundhill Digital Infrastructure ETF ticker is B-Y-T-E, Byte. So let's first talk about the investment thesis here. What is the thesis behind, first off, what does digital infrastructure even mean? And then what is the thesis behind that? Yeah, so um, first let's start by saying, you know, we managed to secure the ticker Byte, B-Y-T-E, which is the parent company of TikTok is ByteDance, yeah. and yesterday Roundhill also has the ticker Meta, uh, which obviously is now the parent company of Facebook. So, so Roundhill has somehow managed to acquire two of the world's great tickers. Um, and so Byte is uh, an index and an ETF of 40 digital infrastructure businesses around the world. What is digital infrastructure? It's the data centers, the fiber, the last mile, the cell phone towers, that that data has to travel across in order to fulfill your digital needs, right? So when you want to sit back and Netflix and chill, somehow that movie has to get from Netflix in Seattle to your screen wherever you want in a high quality way. And so that's gonna leave Netflix, go to a data center somewhere, be stored there, connect through to fiber, go to more data centers that are closer to the end users, get stored a copy in all those locations, and then find a pathway to your phone, whether that's across a cell phone tower or into your home through a Wi-Fi router. Okay. So all of those little pathways are digital infrastructure. And the general thesis is we don't have to pick the winner. We don't have to pick if Netflix is gonna beat Disney Plus we don't have to pick if Shiba Inu is going to beat Dogecoin. Whatever work, whatever wins, it has to go across our infrastructure. So we we want to basically be the derivative winner of the internet of everything, of the inexorable trend of digitization. 
And you just said the magic words as, as, as in terms of why I've become so attracted to ETFs is you don't have to pick the winner. Even if you were the most bullish person on the internet in 1999, it was probably really difficult to say, oh, I like Amazon as opposed to, oh, I like pets.com, right? It's so hard. It takes, it takes a certain amount of cockiness to think, oh, uh, certainly I can pick the winner here. No, just make a diversified bet if that's how you really feel. And that's why I love ETF. So um, it, just to be clear, is, is there any crypto blockchain exposure here or that's not the point? So our companies have customers that are crypto, right? So if you're going to mine crypto, what are you really doing? Well, maybe you've got a computer in your house that's not very efficient. The real way you do that is you set up a server farm in a data center somewhere, right? So we own the data centers. The crypto firm is going to lease space in the data centers from us. So when I say we don't care who wins, what I mean is we're going to lease space in our data centers. We're going to lease space on our fiber for whatever service is going to take place on the internet, right? So if you believe in the digitization trend, if you believe that data consumption, which has been growing for 50 years, is going to grow for the next 50 years, we're going to provide the highways for that to uh, happen in an efficient and fast manner. Right. And you can see just some of the, the, the data here um, with regards to, you know, the, the Internet and, and, and its usage. So, yes. so let's talk about a little bit more about the exposure. Yeah. So it's a global index, right? So we have about 65% of the assets are in the US, but the other 35% really is divided amongst the rest of the world, emerging markets, developed markets. Um, it is really focused on, call it four different categories of assets of digital infrastructure. So you've got the towers, right? And mobile infrastructure. So you're driving down the street, you see one of those big eyesores with tons of stuff hanging off the top of it. Yeah. That, that looks like cash to us. So okay. that's one of our assets. Um, data centers, which really are the nodes where the internet lives and is stored. Um, those are a core asset. Fiber providers, our core asset, and then last mile fixed infrastructure. So that might be your cable company or your fiber to the home operator or your small business um, high-speed internet service, right? So, you know, as for example, as things like 5G, those kind of trends play out, those live on our infrastructure. When Verizon wants to hang 5G antennas, what that really means is they need to lease our towers, they need to lease our fiber and try to create a ubiquitous, fast internet service. So what we like about it is it has secular growth all over the world. It's diversified. Um, it is really the 21st century real estate play, right? This is the class A real estate of the next 50 years. And so it's inflation protected, growing faster, than um, GDP and priced in a fairly attractive manner. So, so we just think it sort of has the best of everything. See, I, I like this chart here because I've got um, you know some exposure to like data center REITs, which is uh, yes part of this, but this is a little bit more diversified than that. 
That's right. So instead of trying to pick which data center business is going to win, right. the goal here is just more data is going to be consumed. You believe right. more data is going to be consumed, it's going to go on our infrastructure. Um, well, you- I would say, you know, in my in my day job when I'm not creating indexes, yeah. you know, in the past, I used to run a very large institutional investment firm or help lead it, I should say. Um, and today I run a private investment firm, basically a hedge fund. Um, and, you know, what, what I wanted to create with this index is how can I make a low cost version of a lot of the very best assets that we owned in our institutional portfolio and today in my private investment fund? Right. So that's what this is. It's a really long term focused theme where it can be the center of your portfolio. A lot of ETFs that I see out there, they're niche. You know, they might be targeting something that's a little more like dessert. This this is the center of your plate. This is the entree. Right. I mean, it is just a very stable, high, you know, high growth, cash flowing set of assets. Can, can you speak a little bit about the the actual construction of the index in terms of its weighting? Yeah, I mean, how, how do you decide that? So, so we created a system that um, basically. It, let's step back. So, the first thing we need to do is define the universe. So, sure. one of the active steps we take is go out and find all the businesses in the world that we think qualify as digital infrastructure. Then we pull in their fundamental data um, around how fast they're growing, how they're valued, what their margin structure looks like, how much cash they generate, et cetera. And we have a ranking system that ranks that entire universe one through whatever it is, call it 100. Um, And then we try to pick the 40 most attractively ranked businesses. So we, we think about three main factors, growth, soundness, and value. Right. So we want companies that are secular growers. We want safe businesses. So that's what we mean by soundness. And we want value. We want to optimize for which are the most attractively priced right now and have this gradual rotation through it. So the largest position will be, you know, at a rebalance will be around six and a half percent. And then it goes all the way down to a fraction of a percent. So we end up with 40 companies. We'll have no less than 65% in the U.S., but that means we can have 35% everywhere else. And we have some really cool companies. We have tower companies in India. You know, we have a fiber company in Australia. So it's stuff that's very hard for the individual to replicate themselves. Yep. And I, I want to bring up this chart real fast, just, just, just as we wrap it up here, just to get give you an idea of the... The exposure you're getting, obviously, it's mostly U.S., obviously, it's mostly large cap, but it's pretty diversified, you know, uh, outside of that. And these are the conversations that I honestly that I love to have. I would much rather talk about this stuff all day than talk about an individual stock and what Mm. it's going to do today or tomorrow or this week. This to me, this because this is real, like these are the conversations that investors have, that allocators have. And. This is this is this is the game to me. This is it. It's it, it's it's give me a bull thesis on this industry. Give me a bear thesis on that industry. Um, let's talk through it here. Um, and I would I would have these kind of, these kind of conversations, these industry wide thematic conversations all day long. And that's why I like ETFs. That because oh man, they, there are so many. They're so creative, right? Like a digital like a digital infrastructure ETF. It's specific, but it's also not. 
You know what I mean? That's right. Um, no, I mean, I, I just sat back and said, look, we have this massive trend yeah. that is not going to stop. It's going to happen forever. And the hardest part about it is your point about 1999. Yeah, sure. If you bought Amazon, great. But if you bought pets.com, you got killed. Yeah. And by the way, you bought Amazon, you went down 91st. That's that's right? a great point. You, you had to stomach a 90% drawdown to, to, to hold on to that guy. So That's right. Whereas these are much more stable businesses, super yeah. predictable, and they still benefit from the same trend. So if you like day trading, my thought is put this at the center of your portfolio, then take that day trading allocation and that goes side by side with it, right? Yeah. This is the ballast to the excitement that you're trying to generate over there. Awesome. All right, uh, Chaz Cock from the he created the Byte Index. He's uh, he's, he's joining us here uh, on Minting Live. He is the founder of IO Digital Index Partners. And yes, guys, I get hyped around this stuff. I like this stuff. Like I really <laughs> like this stuff. This if you stuff. like it, come spend time with me. We'll talk this about is, it all day. This is fun for me. I, this <laughs> is genuinely fun for me. I am hyped. It is not. It is not fake. It is genuine. Uh, Chaz, a, a pleasure to talk to you, sir. Uh, thanks for coming on today. Uh, and, and again, uh, B, uh, BYTE, uh, give give those guys around here a, sh- a shout out for me for the for the, the 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 wherewithal on their ticker selection because they've gotten it right twice now. So they're killing it. Thanks, Spencer. So great to see you. Uh, thanks a lot, Chaz. AB, let's get you back. There he is. What's up, man? How are we doing, Spencer? And I agree with the chat. I love how hyped up you get for ETFs. Something some traders might find a little. Not gonna say ETFs are boring. No, of, this is not boring. This is fun. A lot of traders like to pick individual stocks and and, and whatnot. But if you like a sector, um, you know, we were just talking about semiconductors before Chaz came on. So say you like semiconductors, instead yeah. of trying to pick the winners and losers, um, you can just invest straight in, a, in an ETF that gives you exposure. Uh, and I like. I mean, we talked about the Meta ETF that Chaz mentioned. Yeah, because it's it seems like a lot of big companies, not just Facebook, are getting into uh, the metaverse, as we can call it, and, and that could be the future. So um, I'm looking at Meta as an ETF right now. Its top holdings are Nvidia, Amazon, Facebook, C Limited, um, Roblox, and I like a lot of those names individually. So I figure, hey, why not just throw some in the Meta ETF? Um, but Spencer, let's move on from ETFs. Who is our who's our next guest coming on? Uh, it's actually not guest, it's guests, plural. We have two, uh, Luis Campos and Andres Campos, the executive chairman and the CEO, respectively, of Betterware de Mexico, ticker BWMX. I always, like, get this one dyslexic in my head because I, I see I look at it and I see, like, BMX for some reason. Um, but BWMX is our ticker. Uh, let's get let's get them on the show, A.B. Let's do it. <laughs> Luis, Andres, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi. How are you guys? Good. Luis, I see you and I see you're on mute though. Can you just unmute your microphone at the bottom of the screen there? Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Great, great, great to see you. Great to hear from you. So first, uh, we've had you guys on another one of our shows before SPACs attack, but in case no, our people weren't watching that, can you just tell us about the company and what you're doing? Yeah, sure. Uh, and uh, I probably, and Andres can start with that and tell you about the company. 
Okay. Hi, Spencer. So, uh, so we, you know, we're a, a home solutions product company. Um, we are, our, our brand is Betterware. Um, we, we sell home solutions for all the house, from uh, the kitchen to the bathroom, things for organization, for making your home more practical, uh, renovation. Uh, we have different uh, categories, uh, more, more than 11 dif uh, different category niches, uh, but focus totally on home. Uh, we, you know, we design our products um, and then we manufacture most with uh, OEMs in China and in Mexico. Um, but the interesting thing is that we sell through a direct-to-consumer channel. Uh, we, uh, instead of selling in retail or, 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 or e-commerce, we, we sell through a direct-to-consumer channel um, where we have uh, uh, more than uh, 1.1 million associates and distributors who sell directly to the consumer. Uh, so this makes it very interesting because uh, we, we are, uh, you know, getting directly to the consumer. So we've, we've been on the Mexican market for more than 25 years. We are the the category builders of home solutions in Mexico. Uh, and we've had, you know, a great uh, story of growth in the past 20 years. So I, I, I'm familiar with the direct-to-consumer model, you know, a, a here in the States, but, I, you know, I don't know as much about it in, in Mexico. How large, is, like, are there many other direct-to-consumer companies? Is, is that a widely followed model in Mexico? Uh, yeah, there are several other uh, direct-to-consumer uh, companies in uh, Mexico, uh, Spencer. Uh, we have, we are the largest uh, uh, sales force network in uh, in uh, Mexico, uh, and we basically cover all the country. Uh, um, more than eight hundred different uh, cities and towns in Mexico, and uh, we have been growing uh, extraordinarily well uh, uh, over these twenty years. And uh, especially the last uh, five, six years. Last year, we grew uh, exceptionally well. Uh, we grew 135% in, in revenues last year and uh, more than 150% in, uh, in EBITDA. Uh, this was extraordinary. And uh, and we continue growing uh, uh, this year. Uh, however, uh, of course, uh, it's been uh, quite a challenge to adjust ourselves to this new level of uh, of uh, operations. Uh, and uh, but we have been able uh, to basically maintain the same level of uh, Salesforce network uh, and we have been able to maintain uh, our most uh, important indicators in activity, productivity of our people. And uh, we keep uh, recruiting a lot of uh, people uh, this year. And uh, even when we grew uh, that much in uh, last year, uh, we are going, our guidance for this year uh, is uh, still a growth of 
between 45 and 49 percent in revenues and a little bit more in EBITDA. Then uh, uh, this has been uh, really fantastic. I mean, we almost triple uh, the size of the business uh, between uh, uh, pre-COVID and uh, post-COVID. Then uh, it's been exciting, and uh, and we will keep growing. Uh, obviously, not at the same pace, but we will we will keep growing for the quarters and uh, years to come. I want to give a shout out to my man, Chris Catchy, for some of the research that, that he, he uh, and the notes he gave me prior to this interview. I want to ask one of his questions here. He noted that you noted uh, some headwinds. He, he kind of just referred to them. Some headwinds, uh, including uh, declining consumption, shifting consumer trends, and, of course, the ever-present supply chain madness there. So what, do you, what steps are you taking to sort of mitigate those headwinds? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, one of the main things that that, that we are facing is that last year we were uh, uh, we really triggered the growth last year because of two main things. The first driver was uh, consumption of home goods. Uh, You know, in Mexico, as in the world, the consumption of of home goods during COVID uh, went up really high. And the second one is unemployment. Unemployment uh, skyrocketed in, in, in Mexico last year. And a lot of those people came to our network. I mean, we went from 400,000. Starting in 2020, we had 400,000 associates. And we finished 2020 with 1.2 million associates. So a lot of people looking for the opportunity with us. Now that people are going back to normal lives, obviously, a lot of these people are going back to their normal lives and not selling too much uh, so the challenge for us, the main challenge for us has been to keep recruiting more people um, while these uh, people who came in, are uh, some of them are going out. So it's been a year of consolidation. It's been a year where instead of keep growing, because we grew three times the size last year, uh, it's been a year of consolidation. And I think we've managed pretty well in that, uh, in, 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 in that sense. Um, but going forward, I think that, you know, uh the third quarter i would believe is the last quarter of consolidation and we see uh a lot of uh rates that you know the the recruitment rates and the churn rates coming back to normal so starting in the fourth quarter we're sure that we're going to keep coming back to normal uh to normal growth um that that we had before so uh you know in spite of those headwinds uh, i i i believe we're ready to to end the consolidation phase and start growing again. You're not the only company that uh, that benefited from the pandemic situations, and 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 there's a whole host of them now that are having to convey that message right to the public. Like, look, the next year or so, or two or three, not might not be frankly as good as as the last year was. How do you convince people that? Because normally, if you if you had say, if if it were a normal environment and you said, "Hey, look, our growth rate's going to slow," that's a serious red flag. Obviously, nothing mm-hmm. about the last year and a half has been normal. So, how do you convince people that it's not the the red flag that we would normally associate slowing growth with? Yeah, we will uh, somehow, and uh, probably uh, Andres can complement this. Uh, we we understand the concern 
of uh, many people about our ability to grow our sales force uh, in the quarters and years to come. Uh, I think they will see uh, this is uh, possible for us. And uh, on my side, uh, the, the only thing I would like to highlight, which is very important, is that as of today, as we, uh, as we speak, okay, we are our churn, uh, our churn uh, average weekly rate is almost at the same uh, rate it was pre-COVID, okay? And our recruiting uh, average weekly rate is already, okay, at the same average uh, uh, per week rec recruiting uh, rate uh, the pre-COVID. Then our rates are already already back to the to the pre-COVID uh, level, which is allowing us to begin growing our sales force again, basically at the same pre-COVID rates. Okay. I don't know, Andres. If... Yeah, and I mean, obviously, what 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 happened? Just to complement uh, what what Luis mentioned is last year we saw recruitment rates skyrocket. Yeah. Obviously, this year, obviously, churn rate skyrocketed, uh, uh, and but now the churn rate has come back, uh, and it's 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 pretty much coming back, and and this gives us a perfect sense that the consolidation period has pretty much ended. Uh, now, to complement that, um, you know, growth going forward, we, we've talked about two ways of growth. One is home penetration. We estimate that we have 25% home pen penetration in Mexico. So we still have a lot of room to grow in household penetration. We have a lot of homes that we do not yet reach. Uh, and the other thing is share of wallet. You know, we, we're still... Um, uh, not a huge player in the share of wallet in each of the category niches where we play. If you if you, if you talk about home organization uh, in that niche, we are a, a big player, but we are not a big player in many of the others, like home renovation, which which we just launched uh, uh, a couple of years ago. We are not a big player in uh, the cleaning uh, cleaning uh, products, uh, which we. Uh, also launched. And uh, so there's different niches where we have a lot of room to grow in uh, share of wallet with each customer. So that is where the base of the future is. And now that we are, we have ended our consolidation period, um, uh, I am, uh, we, we are convinced that we will start growing again. I mean, maybe, um, uh, you know, be, before COVID, we were growing at uh, above 40% CAGR. Uh, COVID was, you know, kind of, completely different mm -hmm. but now after covid uh, i think we can still grow at double digits maybe not at uh, 40 40 or 50 plus kager but i think we can grow at uh, at, at at good double digits no yeah. we um, want to double our penetration by 2025 uh, at the end of 2020 it was it was 20% we want to go to 40 so i think that that that's that's the way we we are going uh, and also, I should know that uh, you you guys are one of the few companies to go through the SPAC process, at least in the last year and a half or so, two years, uh, and that, that also offers a dividend. 
can you talk about what the, the importance of that? Yeah, well, we uh, we got listed in, uh, we were the first Mexican company to get listed directly in NASDAQ, uh, March of last year. Uh, it has been a very a good experience. And uh, regarding the dividend, we will continue with our dividend uh, yield, okay? Uh, our dividend yield, has been around uh, from four to almost six percent, uh, uh, and we will continue with this uh, dividend policy uh, for the uh, years to come. Okay. Uh, in fact, uh, we just submitted to the approval of our shareholders uh, the last dividend of this year. Uh, as we committed uh, since the beginning of the year, uh, then uh, we will continue with this, uh, which is, we believe, very attractive uh, dividend yield. Awesome. Awesome. And then I guess the, the last thing uh, we, you know, I'll ask here is just what, what is the next upcoming catalyst for the company? Well, I think yep. uh, I think Spencer, there are uh, uh, three three catalysts, right? One is uh, the one we we just spoke about that we've we've ended um, uh, our our consolidation process, and now the catalyst is that we can uh, we can start growing again uh, from from next quarter to to the coming quarters. Uh, the second catalyst, I would say, is uh, international expansion. You know, we have really gotten to master the our business model in Mexico, and we believe there are countries in uh, in, in in Latin America uh, or other countries in America where, where where we can grow to. I mean, basically, we're category builders in Mexico, and there's other countries where we can be the category builders as as, as well. So that could be a second one, and the third one uh, that that we've spoken about is uh, uh, M and A. You know, the, you, we we are focused today in home solutions. Um, there are many companies who begin uh, their business model in a specific product niche, and then you can expand that model to other uh, categories of products. Uh, and we do see uh, opportunities to do this. We are analyzing different opportunities and we can we, we think that these three things can be uh, important cat catalysts uh, going forward. In, uh, in view of the success we have had, especially in the last uh, few years, and especially last year, uh, we have put together a team uh, that is very seriously and very deeply uh, evaluating uh, the opportunities of geographic expansion and M&A uh, in order to get our uh, Better World of Mexico management team totally focused on uh, the organic growth of the company okay then uh this is the way it's going now there's actually a good question here from the chat from Les ram do you got do you have a deal with a firm or any buy now pay later platform is or is, is, is that you, interesting? you mean like like to to like a deal with a firm to uh, to well, finance not, purchases not, or not so much, yeah, not so much a firm. But do you have any buy now pay later deals or aspirations for that? Uh, we, I mean, we we could put in that. We we, we have begun um, 
working with our with our distributors and associates on 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 financing options uh we have been piloting different things uh, i would i would not say i mean we have not talked about this and i would not say uh expect something relevant in the coming uh quarters but we are we are working on some uh pilot tests in this sense awesome all right uh andres luis i want to thank you both uh luis uh, campus is the executive chairman andres campus is the ceo of better word new mexico ticker bw mx there's a chart up on the screen uh, guys thank you so much for coming on today i appreciate the time thank you spencer thank you guys bye always tough to do two interviews at the same time so i appreciate them both for uh for hopping on with me to, uh, here today uh so uh ab is gonna pop on for a second and, and, and we'll hang out with y'all for a little bit we were supposed to have a one o'clock guest i think he had to cancel which is quite okay so AB and I are probably going to just hang out with y'all, not for the full hour. I'm sure we'll hop off. Um, Moon or Bust is going. It will be on today at two o'clock. I, I don't want to really spend too much more time talking about crypto because those guys have their plate full with, and frankly, they know more about it than we do. So we'll save the crypto, whether it's the mainstream cryptos or or, or the shitcoin talk. We'll save that for two o'clock with Logan and Ryan on Moon or Bust. Um, but, hey, we, we got a few minutes here, AB. Let's just hang out. What else haven't we covered? There, uh, there's probably a few things we haven't talked about yet. Um, well, Spencer, I see uh, Les Ram in the chat talking about a firm. Let's go ahead and pull a firm's chart up, see how it's doing today. Um, continuing to be an absolute monster. So let me go back to the daily candles here. We can see, I mean, this chart, it doesn't go that far back. The company went public in about January of this year. So it's only been on the markets for about 10, 11 months. But ever since the Amazon deal has announced, it, it, it spiked up about 30%. And people, I think at the time, a lot of people were kind of scared to buy it there because it had gone up so much. And then um, another spike up on the, or I'm sorry, I think the first spike up was on Apple News. And then the second one was the Amazon deal. Um, and even since the Amazon deal, I mean, it's gone up another 50% since then. So this chart looks really strong right here. I don't know, um, you know, too much about the industry of buy now, pay later to know. I mean, I know that a firm is the leader in it. Um, um, I, I don't know if they're, I, I don't know if that may, maybe in the U.S. they are, but they're definitely not the leader globally. Who's the leader globally? Well, I mean, Square just bought Afterpay. Right. In okay. Deal. Right. So, and I, I know there's more. There's more in the UK as well. Um, what's crazy is like buy now or pay later isn't even that new of a concept. Like that's basically the model of rent center, just with more fees. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, isn't it? Walmart used to do it with uh, what roll rollover layover or whatever. Layaway. Layaway. Yeah. yeah. This isn't even a new. This is, yeah. This is basically just layaway, isn't it? I think it is. I, and I think something that is slightly concerning about this space is I don't know like how it doesn't seem like a firm or any of these ones that you can just do on your own when you're checking out, really vet the customers to see like their credit score or anything. And the way these companies make money is off of late payments and stuff. So I could see this whole um, industry kind of causing some you know, problems down the road as far as if people end up like buying stuff they can't afford and aren't able to 
pay back those debts. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I liked a firm for a while when it was down here and now up here, I'm, I'm hesitant on it. I don't hold it or anything. Um, but you know, a firm, it, it continues, it continues to be strong. We'll say that. Uh, hey, I don't know if you saw U.S. Steel today, A.B., but can you pull up the X chart? Because they had earnings. We talked about it this morning. The stock was having a good morning, and now it's having just a, an even better day because it's up 15% today. We are approaching. We're within a shouting distance. We're within $3, $4 of, of, a, of a high. Uh, how far? How, how long of a high is that? Of like it's like a it's like a ten year high. We're within four dollars. No, 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 no. Look at the chart. Oh, I'm sorry, you're right. So all right, in twenty eighteen we were at forty six. I'm sorry, I started forty seven. But you're right that as far as the last couple of years, the high looks like to be at around thirty thirty dollars and um change. So if we can get back up there, then maybe we can break through those highs and, and see it run. Um, further, this is again not a stock that I'm in or anything. So let me know in the chat if you've traded X at all. Um, yeah, and let us know yeah. what else you're watching. Let's see, Gree. I'm seeing G R E E. I don't know. Wow, that thing just went from 20 to 28 in minutes. What just happened there? Big options buying. Big, big, big options buying. Call buying right now. I don't know what um, – it doesn't look like we have any news on I – I, I, I like my chart better because it's easier to see. All right. Let's go to – no, 15-minute is better. Look at that. Look at that move on, on, on a heavy volume. Yeah, full disclosure, I don't know. Is, is this a low floater? It is indeed. Nine million shares. Hey, let's push this thing around for fun, right? Because we can. Uh, Happy saying he's watching Clean Spark. This is one that we've talked about a lot. Clean Spark went on a crazy run, you know, back in January, February, all the way up to about forty dollars a share, then got smacked down. Yeah, but look at the turnaround. This is this is, and Mitch uh, was talking about this yesterday. This doesn't look that bad. This is no. Anytime you have that uh, very strong established trend. With just you know days, day over day over day with green candles, it's always good to have you know the trend at your back. The trend is your friend, and until you see any clear sign of reversal, it's usually a sign that you know the stock will continue to move up. Um, obviously, you know we'll have to look at. It looks like we could be at a previous support level. So right here at about twenty dollars, this will be a, a line in the sand to see if we either reverse here or continue moving up. If we continue moving up, it looks like the next um, spot that we could run into resistance is at twenty three dollars. So uh, definitely worth looking at Clean Spark for a nice little trade. And I this is a company that I like the long term uh, outlook on it as well because you know if you've heard us talk about this stock before, Ooh. essentially what the company does is they specialize in microgrid energy technology. And right now, one of the most, you know, kind of untalked about problems in the energy sector is that we have huge grids that, um, you know, uh, uh, big portions of the country rely on the same grid. So if, if the grid for, say, like the Northeast goes out, it goes from Philadelphia to New York City. And it's like we should have, uh, you know, more safety in having 
cities on individual microgrids in case something happens, whether it's a hack or, or just a technical problem, whatever it is. So I think we'll see more and more microgrid technology being implemented. Um, I don't know if CleanSpark will get a, a, a boost if the infrastructure bill ever gets signed and passed. But um, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about this stock initially. I want to say on this show on Power Hour when it was at about $13 a share before it had this run up uh, to $40. And then, of course, it got smacked down. But now it's, it's, it's strong again, Spencer. Hey, um, first off, this thing just crossed its 200-day moving average yesterday. So nice job there. Um, and I want to say that, and there's one more thing. There's one more comment I just had. Shoot. What was it? Oh yeah. Shout out. If you remember the, uh, massive East coast blackout of 2004, put a one in the chat. If you remember that. that yeah. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Ted Koppel Spencer, but he actually wrote a book, uh, on this problem. I think it's called lights out essentially that. Uh, it, it could be a big national security issue that we rely on such few grids for our for our energy yeah. purposes. That, that, that was a fun day. <laughs> I mean, I, I was I was just a kid. I think that was before you were born, but um, it was a fun day. Anyway, fun for me because I was just a kid. Fun for not the adults, obviously. Um, okay, uh, what else were we watching here? So, greed. Still don't know what that is. Uh, Jay Wright, Jay said short covering. Uh, I, I saw some massive call buying going on. Um, what else do we have here? I want to mention Zendesk is kind of your disaster of the day. Zen had earnings and their like whole suite, their whole like financial side of the C-suite is gone. So uh, that stock has gotten punished in the last couple of months here. Uh, really, actually, most of the year, Zen. Um, I've got the pro movers tool open. I got gainers on the top, uh, losers on the bottom. Uh, losers I need to fix, actually. That's Chris cool. Kachi wants you to look at the DWAC headline on Benzinga Pro. Okay. Is it recent? I don't yes. know. Trump's Truth app gets formal demand to stop violating software license. Oh, man. Right. <laughs> what, what is this? All right. So who is the company in question here? It's Mastodon. Wait a minute. I think I know that company. Hold on. I think I have a friend at that company. Let me wait one second here. I think one of my close friends. Call him. Let's get him on the stream live. Unless it's a different company, but it, it's got a similar name. Hold on. <laughs> let me see if I'm going to let me look at this right now. Um, oh, wait. No, that, that's Macedon. And this is what? What's the company called? Mas- Hold on. Now I'm confusing myself here. So the company in question is M-A-S-T-O-D-1. Yeah, not the same. Oh, they sound so similar. I thought I, I could get someone from, uh, from that company on the show here, but it's a different company. Never mind. I'm sorry, guys. That that was very exciting for about five seconds. So, okay. So DWAC. Sorry, I got distracted. Is should, we buy some, should we buy some puts on DWAC? Dude, I'm terrified of that. No, I'm horribly afraid of this, of this stock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid of betting on it. I'm afraid of betting against it. What's the all-time high on DWAC? DWAC broke 100 that day. It was going crazy, right? It's a lose-lose situation for me, I feel like. Uh, what's the all-time? What's the high? 190? Is that where it got to? 175? 175. Um, yeah. 
So I don't. What about you? You want to you want to buy a call? You want to buy a put? If I were gonna buy anything, I would buy like a long dated put, like maybe like a fifty dollar long dated put, like a fifty dollar put that expires here. I'm just gonna let me pull up my Robinhood real quick. And this oh, is the craziest I'm... thing. While you do that, if you had bought like like back in I don't know February January, if you had said, "Oh, this GameStop thing is dumb," I'm gonna buy like the twenty the ten dollar puts on GameStop. You're screwed, like you know, for like for November, you're screwed. <laughs> like, so we have precedence for this. I'm afraid of this, man. I'm afraid of the DWAC. I want no part of it. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like a a fifty dollar put that expires December seventeenth, which is about uh, two months from now, a little less than two months, about six weeks, would cost me about a grand. So it's a little pricey. I don't think I'm going to do it for just. I, I think that's one of the. I think there are so many things, um, or, or so many people that are trying to do this, buying puts on it, that it could have that effect where there's just so much short interest out there uh, that it actually props the stock up from people having to cover. So yeah, let, let, let's let's not do that right now, Spencer. But I would not be surprised if we don't see if we see DWAC get down to the fifty dollar level next week. Okay, you heard it here first. DWAC to 50. Aaron Bree said it. Come and go after him when, when the stock goes down. Let's check on uh, Apple. So, uh, Spencer, this is a, a weekly, you know, we're not going to see a lot from this chart, but we can see right here what, what you were talking about. Here's the open yeah. today. So, yep. if you just look at the open, Apple looks great. If you take yep. in last night's close into effect, you can see this gap. Um, but We'll see. I mean, I I, I want to see Apple continuing to show that there are buyers here and, and see it, if not get up to the close yesterday, at least make some more ground because it looks like we're getting held up here a little bit. Uh, let me go to the daily. Just right here, it looks like, you know, maybe some of the momentum's running out, which can be a sign that there could be a reversal coming. Or if we see more volume and buyers coming in, then we can see it continuing to break out. I don't know. We'll see what happens with Apple today. But Right now, down about 2% from last night's close. And the $150 level is kind of a psychological level as well. Cranky Buzzer is asking about funware. Cranky, let's just save the funware for next week because we're going to have Randall Crowder. He was on, if you missed it, he was at our small cap conference yesterday. Um, he'll be on uh, the show Wednesday. So let's just table any funware conversations until then. Someone in the chat's asking about SoFi, Spencer. And, and I, uh, I know. Why do you always ask about fun and so fine? Because I know this is like one of three individual stocks that you actually hold. I, I own more than three stocks. I own like six stocks. But okay, Disney, SoFi. I own Disney, SoFi, and the four cannabis ones, I think. And uh, that might be it as far as stocks are concerned. But um, yeah, I mean, hey, my cost base is in, is in the low 20s. So we're, we're below that now. We came all the way back. We fought our way back from like 12 to... Not quite 12. We didn't get quite down there. We got down to what, like 14? Yeah, 14 all the way back to 20. Congratulations, me. Now we're back below that $20 bogey. Oh, ET, ETC wants to talk about Blackstone. That's one that I got into this week. Um, but real quick, before we get to Blackstone, Chris Kachi in the chat, a U.S. Congress uh, Congress member bought DUAC Friday at $92 a share. Yeah. I believe that was... Uh, it, it, it was, it was, it was what's your name? Marjorie Taylor Green. Yeah. yeah. Um, Chris, maybe that's why she's in Congress and not at J.P. Morgan. I don't know. 
But Chris, can you uh, continue following that story to see if we if if she sells at some point this next week? If she if because right now she's sitting at what about a twenty percent loss, um, if not more than that. So I I, I don't know. We'll see if if uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene has diamond hands or not, and, and see what she does with the DWAC trade because buying it at at ninety dollars is just absurd to me. I mean, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, okay. So so far, I don't know what to say. I'm I'm holding. I'm hold. I'm I'm holding this one. I I have no comment. I'm not doing anything. I really don't look at the stock that much. I look at it when people ask about it. I don't know. Yep. I don't know where you're long from, Cranky or whoever asked about it. Who asked about that? Was it Cranky? Who whoever? Uh, I don't know. It? Someone asked about SoFi. If you're in SoFi, if you want to share your cost base, Antonio Miller. Antonio, if you want to share your cost base, that's cool. If you know, that's cool too. A minute from twenty. And I like this is this is one of the hardest things, but I really try to just ignore it and just do nothing because I because I think it's go. I, I'm I'm in it for the long term, so that means that means ignoring it. That means Scarjo Scarjo's asking how much uh, Marjorie Taylor Green bought. It was somewhere in between fifteen grand and fifty grand, I believe. Uh, they have to disclose like within a window, but not the exact amount. I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chris Kachi. Dude, uh, I have no idea. <laughs> And uh, what was I? Oh, Blackstone. Yeah, someone asked about Blackstone. So if you were watching um, on Monday, we had Ross Gerber on who talked yeah. about uh, Spencer essentially asked him to pitch us one stock in his ETF that's not uh, Tesla or, or one of the other big stocks that he does. And, and he did Blackstone, which was surprising uh, to Spencer and I because Ro- Ross Gerber's whole thing is he's like big growth stocks. But his pitch was very interesting to me on Blackstone. He essentially was saying that when the executives and the owners of the company make money, you make money in the stock as well, which I like that because a lot of times, you know, it's nice to know that, hey, if if they're making money, we're making money. And I also think we could see a, a little flow into some value stocks because tech has been so strong again for the past couple months. I mean, if you look at SPY, SPY is hitting all time highs today. While the uh, Nasdaq was kind of let, we'll check in. I mean, I think Nasdaq might be checking on the QQQ. Might be doing a little bit better than we started out. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I like the pitch on Blackstone. I Ross is smarter than me when it comes to investing. He's been doing it longer, uh, and it's got a good dividend. So I just threw some money into Blackstone. Let me know who asked about Blackstone if, if you're into it as well. ETC. Wait, real fast. You just made a comment about. You know when the you know execs make money, you make money. Um, if and this doesn't really apply to Blackstone, but I, I just want to give a PSA out there. If you're looking at like broad-based ETFs and you you're trying to decide, oh, do do I want to buy like the Spy, right, which is from State Street? Do I want to buy the VOO, which is the same exact thing but from Vanguard? Do I want to buy? Uh, I'm blanking on whatever BlackRock is, but like. If you're deciding these things, the tiebreaker for me was Vanguard because Vanguard is a mutual company. The company is structured as a mutual com- company, which means that the shareholder, the, the the customers own the company. Van, I'm a Vanguard customer. I own a piece of Vanguard. Uh, that was the tiebreaker for me when deciding, like. You've got three identical ETFs that do the same thing with the same fee. I I chose Vanguard because I when they if if when I don't know if they ever IPO theoretically hypothetically then on paper at least I would be entitled to some of that because 
the customers own the company. So, and the expense ratio is lower by like one basis point, but whatever. Okay. Um, what were we about to talk about after that? I, I wanted to make that PSA about Vanguard. Oh, yeah. I was going to mention AB. Blackstone um, went ex-dividend today, I think. Or Wait, the, I get a dividend today from Blackstone? No, the ex-dividend date was... Was it yesterday? Uh, wait, what's today? 29th? Yeah, no, the ex Yeah, you get a dividend. <laughs> you Beautiful. Love well, the it. record the, the record date is tomorrow is Monday. But yes, you, you you will get a dividend from 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 Blackstone. Congratulations. Love it. I don't, know, love I don't it, know, what, it. know what the dividend it is. Oh, it's uh, it's uh, it's four dollars on the annual. Yeah, and, and Spencer, back to your point about the Vanguard ETF, I actually have, I, I went through the same thing because I was looking to make a recurring investment into the S&P 500. Yep. And I, I ultimately went with the VU, VOO, and VTI, which the VTI is just the overall stock market. So instead of the 500 companies in the S&P, it's essentially just every stock on the market. And yeah, I mean, uh, who does who does the SPY one? State Street. Spider. State Street. Um, the VU ended up, like you said, just being a little bit cheaper than, than the, uh, spy. So I went with, yeah, Vu. But, yeah, it's basically splitting hairs, but yes, it is cheaper. And, and this, this oh. is honestly like one of the best ways to invest in my opinion is just put a recurring buy on VU or VTI. And that way you're, you know, your, your dollar cost averaging in. So if you do it on a weekly basis or a monthly basis, if the index is going down, you're getting a lower cost basis every month as you're getting invested in. And over time, um, you know, you'll be able to reinvest those dividends that you get from there. But I get it. It's fun. It's fun for me to pick stocks and try to YOLO trade. But like you can see today, my portfolio is down 9% from trying to YOLO trade. Whereas if I just stuck diligently with this recurring buy, I'd be up today, you know, so it's, it's something that a lot of times I have friends ask me like, oh, how should I invest? And I'm like, look, just set a recurring buy on VU or VTI. You know, it's so low maintenance. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to do anything. And it's just a way to accumulate and grow wealth over time. Um, Aaron Sachs, Aaron Sachs says he's in on Vong. I don't know which one that is. I don't know, but the, I, RKT just rocketed uh, because they announced a deal with Salesforce, a partnership. Who? A rocket. Rocket RKT Rocket, quick quick and loans. Yes, I did. Yes, I know. That's what I said. Uh, they they just announced a deal with a partnership with Salesforce. I guess they're going to share some data and offer some services through the Salesforce cloud. All right, cool. We are a uh, Salesforce customer, and our office is in the Rocket Mortgage headquarters. So, cool. Go rocket. I don't know why someone said that it was my rocket. I don't I've never owned this stock before. This this is a Jason Rasnick uh favorite. Uh, but I've never owned this stock. Not that I think it's a bad company, I just I just don't I don't own the stock. So um cool. Oh, Neil recommended Oh yeah, Aaron's talking about maybe Vong. He's talking about Vong, which is uh, it, it's uh Vong is just the growth it's russell a thousand growth etf it is v-o-n-g yep also yes it is i see right there chart all-time highs it's funny growth i thought growth was out of favor yet here we are at all-time highs go figure 
Um, cool. Hey, before I don't want to leave the stream. I don't want to end the stream without first just promoting our giveaway we're doing today. And if you missed it, if you missed the giveaway, if you are a Benzinga Pro user only, if you are a Benzinga Pro user, you can enter for the chance to win. AB, did you see what what what, what the giveaway is today? Did 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 Mitch tell you? What the giveaway is today? AB, did I lose AB? Hello. Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Did you see what the giveaway was today that we're doing in honor, in honor, because of Halloween? Is it know. a free trip to the Benzinga Halloween party? No, I don't know if we're doing a Halloween party, man. And if we are, I don't even know if you're invited. True. I mean, I haven't gotten an invite, so that's what I figured. We we, we had the party last night at, at the bar. That's what we did. Um, um, no, tell oh, me what the tell it, me what the prize is. Is it, it Benzinga Pro related? Would be my guess. No, it's got nothing to do with Benzinga Pro. Okay. Nothing to do with Benzinga Pro or Benzinga. Um, I want to see. Okay, so I I thought they would have announced it on live trading. Um, and I'm just checking to see if they did. Because if they didn't, I, I I don't know if I was the person that was meant to announce it. And I, so I, I don't want to, like, screw it up. Because I thought Mitch was going to – had already announced it. So so if he didn't, though, then I don't want to, like, mess up the – Oh, come on, man. You can't talk about it and not tell us. So no, it's it's not Benzinga Pro. Oh, I guess he didn't say anything. Apparently, um, all right. I, I, then I then I think I think oh I think I'm allowed to uh, do it. Wait, one thousand dollars, right? I I I'm getting that right. One thousand dollars. I I believe it was one thousand dollars. Wait, we're giving a thousand dollars away. I mean, not to you or me. So that's pretty cool. Did we ask Luke? We we, we did ask Luke. Wait, I, I wait. This is embarrassing because I thought I I went to, I just went to look up where I thought the details would be and they're not there. <laughs> so so um, Mitch, if you're watching, come save us uh, because I want to make sure I get this right and don't completely butcher this promotion. Because I just wanted to look up where I, where I thought the information was going to be listed, and the information was not. So, Chris, I know you're watching. Save save, save me if if I got that wrong. But I I, I thought it was a thousand dollars. That's uh, a good idea, Cranky Buzzard. It should be a thousand dollars or tickets to the Lions Thanksgiving game. You get to pick. Yeah, I, I yeah, Chris. I know there's a promo here. You know what? Maybe. Hey, Zinger. There, you found it. You want to play the promo? Do you want me to? Yeah. Just play hey, it. Zinger Nation. Happy Halloween. We thought we'd celebrate with a $1,000 giveaway. Yes, I said it. $1,000 in cash giveaway. All you got to do is be a Benzinga Pro user to enter. And if you're not, I have a loophole for you. Sign up for a free trial, no credit card needed. Of course, follow Benzinga, hit the retweet, 
comment below for a bonus entry. You can put your favorite costume or gift idea. Of course, include the pets if you got them. And we'll see you at the Zinger Nation Halloween special. Okay, so you got to be a Benzinger Pro subscriber to, 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 to enter the contest. That much is obvious. And then, thank you, Chris, dude. Chris Cacci is like saving my, my butt right now because he's putting. <laughs> thank you, Chris. Dear Lord. Oh, man. Okay. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paste the link. Can Chris save my portfolio too? I don't know if he's that good. Thank you, so. Chris. He just put it in chat. I'm going to put it in chat again. Holy moly. That was embarrassing because I, I literally went to like uh, a Slack thread and then it was not there. At, and I was like, shoot, I don't have the link or anything to this promotion. So now we do. The link is in there. Holy cow. It's Friday. I got to get out of here, man. It's been one of those days. So anyway, Benzinger Pro Halloween gave away $1,000. $1,000 in uh, cash or maybe we'll give it to you, if I guess, if you want it in like sheeb we can maybe arrange that i don't know i don't know the transfer fees might be expensive for that right now um but spencer looks like we have a nice little cannabis video coming up after this let me make sure okay Um, wow what is going on today it's just feels like we're flying by the seat of our pants it is what it is all right uh so yeah that video as i understand it is set set to go at 130 ab oh all right so we got 13 minutes to kill I mean, you know, we don't have to stay on until one thirty, uh, but uh, uh, the other Aaron, Aaron the intern says it's it's ready, it's ready to roll. So, all right, before we go though, let's just uh, see if there's anything left in the chat that, that we missed. Any other tickers we want to bloviate about? Does someone know any more than the markets about? Like, are we going to see more volume come in before the end of the day, or is, or is today one of those Fridays where it's just kind of a lull no, all day? It's not- it's not like an options expiration or anything, so no. Why? Well, I, I don't know why we'd see more. I don't know why we'd see any unusual volume today. I have Sh- Shinigami's asking me if I signed up for Benzinga Pro. I've tried to get the team to um, get me on Benzinga Pro, but they they try to give me a test about the markets before I can get into Benzinga Pro, and I keep failing the test. So mm, um, that's, that's, Shelly's saying it's a sleepy Friday. It's a yawner. That's what I'm feeling too. It does, I mean, we, we've got volume coming into you know those the big Apple, Google um, stocks, but it seems like nothing's really. It doesn't seem like we're getting like an absurd amount of volume anywhere today. Yeah, agree on that. It's a freaky Friday. Antonio says, "I want to know what everyone's going to be for Halloween this year." I'm I'm not a big Halloween guy. I think you can probably tell that, but drop it in the chat. Uh, let let, it, let us know what you're going to be for Halloween this year. I'm just curious. AB, you have anything or no? Um, If you're a fan of our YouTube, then, you know, you've seen me in a, a mouse rat costume before. So I'm probably going to do that um, just because it's something that I have and I don't have to go out and buy a new costume. But if you have any ideas, I, I've, I've floated some other ideas around, you know, Ted Lasso, uh, Joe from you. <laughs> That's a good one, man. I have I have friends that try to tell me that I look like the guy from Joe from you, but I don't see it, so I don't know how I would how I would do that costume because I think he just wears kind of like generic clothes. Yeah. Uh, but if anyone has any good ideas for me that are kind of like low maintenance, 
Let me know because I'm oh, definitely sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but we're about to break 1100 on Tesla. Really? Yeah. So maybe that's where all the volume is today. Is on we're Tesla. Right, we're right there. We're right on the doorstep of 1100. Oh, oh, oh. I had a crazy Tesla trade this week, Spencer. You want to tell us about it before we go? Yeah. Let me try to find. Uh, can I see my history here? Oh yeah. So <laughs> early. Shelly's Shelly's funny, man. What Shelly? Shelly, you do look like Ben Shapiro. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, that would actually be kind of funny. <laughs> you do look like him. That'd be funny. Anyway, go back to the Tesla trade. That made me um. Laugh. All right, so let me zoom in a little bit. So when when Tesla was making its crazy move on Monday, I believe, October 25th, I bought a $1,650 call that expires today. So for this contract to be worth anything or to be like exercised, the stock would need to be above $1,650. And there was so much volume coming into Tesla that I was actually able to sell that contract for... Uh, about like a 20%, more than a 20%, 30% gain. I don't know what $70 to $99 is. But at one point, it was even more than that. And I I could have sold it for more, but I held on to it for a little too long. But for that contract to be going up in value as a $1,600 uh, strike price with an expiration of today was just crazy to me. I mean, I don't know how much more YOLO you can get than saying Tesla can rise by 50%. Uh, 79.9 is a 41% gain. What's the soldier winter? I don't know. Wait, wait, let's let's read some of the, the comments in the chat uh, for people from Halloween, for Halloween, uh, what they're going to be. We telling someone they look like Joe is like telling someone they look like a creep. Yeah, I mean, that's that, that's correct. I've never seen an episode of the show. Like, I know oh, he, he, he's really creepy, man. Is yeah, it? so probably I don't want to be associated with him. So maybe that's not a good. Uh, so so, we're, so we're, we're back on the Ben Shapiro train. Is that right? um squid game costume i feel like that's going to be like every year there's like one super popular halloween costume last year it was tiger king you know people dressing up as um what's her name carol baskin and joe uh exotic joe exotic this year i think it's going to be squid game everyone dressing up in those red costumes it's easy you know you got like the hood the mask you're set um from marvel all right, I'm not very well versed in the Marvel universe, but I'll look into Winter Soldier. Check that out. I mean, yeah, he's—I don't know—he's just a generic guy, he's a generic white guy. Yeah, I, I get told I look like that all the time. Just a, yeah, just a yeah. generic white guy. So, uh, yeah, any any generic white guy costumes, throw them out here. No cultural appropriation <laughs> allowed. <laughs> anyway, okay, uh, I think we'll probably hop off. Um, I know that video is set to go live at at one thirty. And so, well, here, let's see if we can crowdsource a few more Halloween ideas. I know we've got a smart, good looking chat. I think they've got a couple more good ideas in them. Um, let's wait, see. wait, where in all seriousness, where is the rat suit? Is it over there? No, I meant to. So, I, I it was like it's been in the office for like months and it's actually at my apartment now because I wore it the other day to a Halloween party and now it's sitting at my apartment. I meant to bring it today, but I forgot it. So, I've got this little trusty crown instead. Uh, Cranky Buster wants us to check in on a firm again. We talked about a firm earlier. I don't really have any thoughts on it, honestly. Like the oh. stock looks strong; it keeps going up, but I, I don't have any like big thoughts on the. Uh, do Do you want to Do you want to look at like the the calendar for next week? Because it's 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 a doozy. 
for earnings? Yeah. Let's we, do we, it. We got some big ones. You got uh, me. So you're, you're sorting by estimated revenue right now? Yeah. So this is what I always do. Uh, so I went to my, my pro, I went to my calendar uh, earnings. I filtered it by next week. And then you can sort by importance. Like, like that's cool too. But I like to sort by this column, estimated revenue, just to give me an idea of like who are the, who are the biggest fish, right? The biggest fish reporting. So you get boring names, right? CVS and McKesson, which are known but boring. And then you get some of like wild ones, like Activision Blizzard, right? Is on here. Um, if you, if you go down. And so we got some big names here, names like T-Mobile names like Qualcomm. Uh, Mondelez will be really interesting. Not normally because it's a food stock, but in this inflationary environment, I'm, I'm interested in, 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 in food stocks right now and just seeing what they say. So, I'm into that Mondelez report. That's on the uh, the second after after hours. What else do we have reporting? We've got that. I like Pfizer. I mean, Pfizer is going to be interesting, right? Uh, Jay Rice. I was just going to ask if you're still in the chat. I see you. Uh, Marriott, Avis, Caesars. Oh, that's a good idea. M- Jay. MGM Resorts. Um, Juan, yeah, we were talking about your Ford calls the other day and we said, you might as well hold on Ford ended up reporting good earnings. I don't know when they expire, but if you're in the profit, I would just say, take your profits. You cannot go broke taking profits. I've learned the hard way too many times. I've held an option contract that I was once up, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40% on and then ended up losing the money. So if I were you again, I don't know your expiration date, but I would take your profits um, learn from my mistakes as I have not. Christian Gallagher also sold out of his forward calls today. Nice. Jay Rice, I was going to put an ask out to you. Um, we see some of these companies reporting earnings. And I have a couple that I think, you know, something like Pfizer. My, I, I don't have a thesis that it's going to go up or down, but I think it's going to move a lot off its earnings. So if I want to play an option strategy where maybe I buy a call and a put, and as long as it moves a certain um, percentage in either direction, then, then I'd be profitable. I want to know if you have thoughts on that, kind of how to play those options. I don't know if that's a straddle or a strangle. I know it's one of those. Um, but finding some stocks that are reporting earnings next week, that might be good ideas to do those on. Uh, because like I said, I don't know if Pfizer is going to go up or down, but I'll bet that it's going to move 5% in either direction, at least. All right. 5% though for Pfizer? Look what uh, Moderna did uh, last time they reported. Or what, what time? What did what did Pfizer do last time it reported? Uh, let's see. Pfizer's last report. Co- I don't have it here. Let me get it up on the on the oh. on the chart. No, no, no. Go back. Go back. So Pfizer's last report actually because their earnings it was like when it was it was like July. Here we can we can look it up actually. Let's go to go here. We'll just search for Pfizer. Uh, go all. Okay, maybe not. Maybe Pfizer doesn't move as much as Moderna or some of the other stocks. But the, I, I, Pfizer's last report was July twenty eighth. Pfizer's not a big mover, man. July twenty eighth, right there. Yeah, Pfizer ain't a big mover. Pfizer's stodgy. Five. Okay, so maybe Pfizer's not the one to put a strangle or straddle on, but there will be some movers okay expected move for pfizer is 2.1 iv is only 42 percent. all right so i retract my statement probably not the best stock to put a, a option strategy out like that we need to find one with a higher iv one that is going to move a big amount in either direction 
So I'll, I'll do that after the show today, Spence. So I'll go through the earnings next week and see which stocks I think will be a good, good pick for that. I guess we'll talk about it on Monday, right? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we have normal programming, right? We got uh, a video coming up right now. Uh, interview we did with uh, Bruce Linton that'll lead into Moon or Bust at two o'clock at the close with myself and Joel at three thirty. Money Mitch at four o'clock, um, and that's the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. So. All right, everyone, have a great weekend. Have a safe Halloween weekend. Hope everyone has fun and has some great costumes. If anyone's got some good costumes they'd like to share with us, please email us at shows at Benzinga.com. And with that, we will see y'all on Monday. Aaron, please don't eat too much candy, man. I know you're going to just, 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 you're going to get a tummy ache, man. You're going to call me. You're going to. It's, it's, it won't be good so just don't don't eat too much candy all right i know you're my dentist will thank you for giving me that uh speaking of that i don't think i've been to a dentist in a few years i should probably schedule an appointment all right with that everyone have a great weekend stay safe email us some costumes love y'all peace and love zinger nation don't miss your free chance to tune into benzinga's very own boot camp series on november 20th if you're looking to dive into new concepts and grow your account this one's for you Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.